here to chew bubblegum and watch John Carpenter movies. And guess what, guys? I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome to the fucking October showdown episode of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. Guys, it's here. We've been waiting 12 months for it. It's the Halloween motherfucking showdown, guys. I'm feeling so good about this, you know? Uh, I am. I have no idea what to expect. This is going to be a weird one, and I'll explain in a couple minutes why that was the case. But as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, and we were just talking about this before we got on here. A couple of, couple of interesting uh, uh, things to, to call out. One... We're getting an absolute fucking shit ton of new listeners, like like <laughs> thousands a day, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, and I'm very, 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 very thankful. And we all are very excited about that. Um, <laughs> do you, but do you know how many people are listening to this that also have podcasts and they're just like, oh, is your podcast successful? <laughs> I know, oh, so sad. I know. Yeah, we are. We are getting like thousands and thousands of listeners a week, which is which is tremendous. We're very, very excited about that. And uh, it's not meant to rub it in to other <laughs> podcast or anything like that um but uh because we're getting so many new listeners it uh, it um uh begs uh obviously for us to do a little explanation of uh who the fuck we are and why we're and what we're doing in this episode so for those of you who have been listening for a while uh our loyal halloween is forever uh listeners who have been here since the summer when we started off thank you so much and for those of you who are new what we do every single month is we pick a topic a subgenre a something uh and then we each pick a, a movie that we feel represents that topic that subgenre whatever it may be our listeners our social media friends on the Instagrams and the Twitters and this and, and all that stuff, um, they help us pick what that topic is. First of all, they suggest the topics. We have a big running list that we choose from. We randomly generate three and then we put it out on social media and have our friends help us pick what we're going to talk about. This time around was a little bit different because we did do the topics, right? Uh, and John Carpenter Films uh, ran away with it. You guys uh, helped us pick John Carpenter Films. But then what we did is we put a whole mess of John Carpenter Films on a roulette wheel uh, on Steve's phone and then <laughs> We ended up with what I can only describe as three of his fucking worst films, um, <laughs> which is going to be very, very fun because it would have been very, you know, and, and obviously you're hoping for like Halloween, Halloween or The Thing or Prince of Darkness or They Live or something like that. But then it comes down to like we all have such deep admiration and affection for decades for those films mm -hmm. that you already kind of have your mind made up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So this is me trying to put a, a positive spin on getting dealt an absolute shit hand by the roulette <laughs> wheel. But we were, the roulette, the roulette gods doth frown upon us. Um, and we got three of John Carpenter's um, lesser known and frankly uh, lesser celebrated horror movies. <laughs> but the beautiful thing about that is, is we're coming in with kind of a clean slate because we all either already didn't like these movies or had never seen them. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. and I'm a John Carpenter fan. I mean, you can see I have the John Carpenter movie posters and shit all over my my uh, uh, office here. But my goodness, um, there was one of them I'd never seen before. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think a couple of you. Um, I haven't seen any of them. 
You hadn't seen any of the three. So right. these are all first time watches for you. Oh, Steve yeah, and I so. had never seen The Ward. Um, right. So okay. without further ado, the movies, we talked about this on previous episodes, so obviously no spoilers here, but um, I drew the unabashed, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't think I'm speaking as a school here to say that what people point to as John Carpenter's worst film in most instances <laughs> It drove him out of film. (laughs) Ghosts of Mars. (laughs) So I drew Ghosts of Mars. So we put some whammies on the spin, right? Mm -hmm. On the the roulette wheel. And (laughs) turns out we hit those goddamn whammies. So I'm Ghost of Mars. Steve had a film from 2010. So 2001, Ghosts of Mars, right? Steve got a film from 2010 who, this is the one that none of us had seen, which is called Mm -hmm. The Reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Meg, you got from 1995. Am I mm-hmm. correct in Summer saying that? Early, yeah, yeah, yeah 95, yep. 96. I think it's 95. Um, it is a Village of the Damned, which is the remake of the 1960 60 movie, which is mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. Uh, film adaptation of a book from several years before that. Um, so some of these movies you may know very, very well. Some of you may not, and that's kind of where we're at. So. Going into this, if it was like The Thing and Halloween and and, and Prince of Darkness or They Live or something like that, I think we would come in kind of knowing who was going to vote for what. Like, I'm a diehard fan of Halloween. You know what I mean? Like, we kind of know what, what we're right. gonna, I have no idea where this is going to land. So I'm pretty right. excited. I'm pretty excited about that. So um, <laughs> it's, it's good for two reasons. One, we don't know how today's going to do. No. Two. We might we all can, be dead. We, we might well, all die. Well, we're not going to die. But <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Good, good, good. What Thanks. we can do is promise the audience that next year we'll have John Carpenter films again as a choice. Yeah. And if they pick it, we'll do the roulette wheel again, but we can do it with all good choices. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we will take the three worst choices. We'll be off the board. Yeah. Um, so but, we, we, so it, it's a tease to get people to listen for a year. <laughs> you have to listen for 12 more months, yeah. and then you then might we'll talk get about the thing. some good John Carpenter. No, there's no way that we don't pick a subgenre between now and then where we talk about those movies right, as well. Right. So we shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Um, in any case... Uh, I mentioned helping us vote on the social medias. Please do that. If you feel so inclined, give us a follow over at the Instagrams. It's at Halloween is forever. Um, we're also getting a lot of great traction over there, which is really fun. And we post tons of spooky stuff daily. Um, and uh, Meg is actually doing something really cool on there and on the mm, TikToks. Mm, mm, What's yeah. our TikTok again, Meg? You, it's Meg Halloween Meg's is forever. Knows what TikTok is, so. <laughs> it's Halloween is forever pod. That's the only, uh, la- yeah, last episode we, we fucked up there, but Halloween is forever pod. Come follow us. Ha- Halloween is forever pod on the TikToks. Again, yep. I still do not fully know what the TikToks are. <laughs> the app is on my phone. I'm scared to click on it. Meg is handling that over there um and she is doing a uh, 31 days of classic horror which yeah. we uh, we put Super together a excited. list and she's spearheading that and made a spooky ooky little video to introduce it and i've been mm-hmm. keeping up with it yeah um, no it's really awesome and uh i had seen of the first one there was the the satan at play one um what was the first one that i had uh, not it, seen it's like the haunted mansion one. Oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 um and then there was the one that was like the house of satan um i oh. don't think i had seen that one the little short film yeah because there's on there. x-rays on day one it x-rays, was that I'd yeah see. and then yeah. i think the haunted mansion the one that you just mentioned yeah yeah and then the uh satan at play yeah yeah so um 
uh, we're starting from the first day of October all the way through Halloween, obviously. And we're picking, uh, we're starting in the silent film era with mm-hmm. some films from like 1907, 1910. And it's mm-hmm. going to go all the way up to, you know, I think it, we're finishing in like the 60s, right? Early 60s-ish or something yeah, like that. I late think 50s, Psycho, early 60s. Psycho's the last one. So Yeah. So that'll be super fun to revisit some of those because uh, many of them I've never ever watched before. And actually a handful of them I've never seen. So I'm excited for that. Because mm-hmm. well, uh, a lot of them are on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I know, yep. yeah. A lot of those ones, I was like, oh, these are like French silent films. And then I mm-hmm. look at it, it's like, oh, it's six minutes long and it's on YouTube. But it was really, mm-hmm. really interesting to see. And and I'm a sucker for anything in like really grainy black and white just makes things creepier mm-hmm. to me. So mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, the first one on that list, which if I remember is that the like Haunted Mansion one, the fr- and that's a French one that was like listed as like the first like horror film ever recorded. And it was kind of cool to see like how they view horror in there. It's just like all this almost like magical, mystical type thing where, you know, it's almost like a a, a magic act. Satan doing a magic act is like (laughs) what most of these are, which is cool. It's doing the shit that when me and my friends made films when we were little and we'd like hold up like a basketball and then cut the tape and then drop it and put your hand back in the same place. Be like, it's gone. That that was film back then. The flying bat. Yeah, pretty much. It's great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we need to do this at some point maybe it's a maybe it's an after the 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 holiday season thing or something but so meg was the the thing that kind of started this off is she was like i haven't seen a lot of these like super classic you know 20s 30s 40s you know type of horror films so we Mm -hmm. helped you know we kind of put the she put the list together we were like throwing suggestions out there and stuff because it's just a blind spot for you some of that super Mm -hmm. old horror stuff right Mm -hmm. um and you kind of explain that in the video check it out on the tiktoks or on the instagrams oh and i should probably say at hallow forever on twitter Halloween is Forever podcast on Facebook or Halloween is Forever pod on Gmail, especially if you got so many suggestions for episodes you want to throw us. Um, but we were talking about this before we got on. I, my blind spot in that is a <laughs> Halloween horror adjacent thing is is metal music. Like I've never been a huge. I was a I was a punk skater punk kid. I was diehard yeah. with Misfits, Danzig, Minor Threat, Black Flag. Like that 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 was my that was my shit um, when I was in you know middle school and high school. But never really got into the metal scene. And I only know stuff that's like super um uh like theatrical horror metal you know like i like ghost i like uh um you know i mean alice, would you call alice cooper i mean alice cooper's yeah. metal yeah, yeah kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. i like yeah, I, you know i like all that stuff um but you guys are way more into that <laughs> that sort of thing i like the like, king diamond <laughs> like anything where they're like yeah there's gonna be spooky shit happening on stage then i'm like all right i'm into <laughs> this it's kind of like falsettos a too yes that's it. Where, where do you stand on guar? Oh, I like yeah. guar. Okay. Yeah, I, I tend say. to yeah. like. I do it's tend to on. like the more like theatrical type of singing style. Like I, I love Bruce Dickinson. I love, I, I love Maiden. So mm-hmm. like. I just mentioned King Diamond and Maiden, so that falsetto is definitely something right. whatever reason I'm attracted to. And Guar is the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I like Guar, and I love the stage theatrics and mm-hmm. stuff. But like, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Like I'll look at a Guar, I watch music videos or a live performance on YouTube, but like mm-hmm. I don't know what to start with. So maybe that's something <laughs> we gotta do at some time with like thirty-one days of metal, and you guys can tell us like, what, to, <laughs> what I what I need to listen to on a given day. I'm just gonna I make you listen lost. to Cannibal Corpse every single day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was what we're talking about. The only other thing I have as far as like my my look into like the metal scene is I like 
you know, friends that were really into like hate breed, you know what I mean? In high mm-hmm. school and stuff like yeah. that. It's kind of, we were talking about, it's a little bro-ish. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or at least my mind it was. Jeremy Jost is a posy dude, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I don't I, even know what that means. I, I, don't, even know what, <laughs> I don't even know what he's I love, po- He's positive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I pos- love Jamie okay, Jost okay. as a yeah. person and he, I like his podcast alone is amazing. But every time I hear his music, I cringe a little bit because of like that <laughs> hardcore style of singing where it's just like, mm. yeah, yeah, let's be friends. The messaging and the sound just don't always gel. Well, that's yeah, like a, the lyrics really aren't like great. Idols. Usually, you know the band Idols. Yeah, I'm going to I see really... them next weekend. Oh wow, that's incredible. That's where I'm going to Detroit, but I also am oh, seeing okay. them in Baltimore the following week. So yeah, so mm. I love them, but they're great too because it's yeah. like the theme doesn't match the tone of his voice <laughs> at all. He's like, yeah. "Let's hog it out," and he's like screaming. Yeah, um, I, I like the way he does it without like yeah, yeah. positive. Well, he's on. got the British the accent always helps, right? The uh, Cockney yeah. nature that that I'm a sucker for it as well. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the band? Typo, typo negative. Po- typo negative. So I know yeah. that he's the guy who like he's a big giant guy who I think is fully convinced he's a vampire. Am I mistaken in knowing? Yeah, he's, he's like, that? yeah, and in like when it comes to our, like Halloween ish time, the moment October hits, everyone's just talking about typo negative. Where I like like talking about him as a vampire, and he's like super sexual and like well, all it's of his also music, like sad boy stuff a <laughs> yeah. little bit too. There's a lot of sad boy ter- like uh, tones in the music, and his last name is Steele. What's the guy's name again? Peter Peter, Peter Steele. Steel. I had a friend in high school who I haven't talked to in a while uh, that uh, I won't say his last name. His name's Scott, because if he would ever listen to this, he would know he would have to fess up to this immediately. He is also (laughs) really tall, dark, jet black hair, really tall, really big dude. Kind of looks a little bit like him in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we would be playing like Goldeneye when we were younger, you know, and you'd have to put your name in, like what your name is going to be or anything. We'd be playing any video game. You had to enter a name in and we'd always put like, you know, fart shit, you know, some dumbass, <laughs> like, you know, just whatever, you know, 13 year old boy would put in there. He would always put cold steel. <laughs> <laughs> and we would make fun of him so fucking hard. That's pretty great. We, we, yeah, my guy's name would be like Turd Face, and then his would be Cold Steel. Uh, Cold Steel. So every time I think of that guy, I think of my friend Scott. Um, <laughs> so uh, in, in any case, uh, let's let's get into uh, well, let's let's talk about beers. Anybody got beers? I know Meg's Meg, in lieu of beers is enjoying a nice. What did you call it? Um, it's an apple cider mimosa. Oh, I was, th- I was thinking what you were eating. <laughs> oh, a my food. Bowl. Yeah, I'm eating a harvest bowl. I have destroyed my body all weekend, so I decided that I needed all the vegetables in the world today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a f- bowl of farts, basically, is what it sounds like. <laughs> it, my breath is going to smell very badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you were going at full-on apple cider mimosa. I yeah, got top uh, to bottom. Yeah, I saw a picture of you yesterday with what appeared to be was that that was that was a uh, a Bloody Mary of some sort or something like that. Is um, that accurate? Yeah, I went, uh, Michelada. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I did. Yeah. I did have a Bloody Mary. Then I switched over to Michelada. So, you know. Both. Both. All of the above. <laughs> yeah. I like to I like when you get the opportunity to switch drinks and switch gears and what type of uh booze you're consuming and it's still brunch. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that as well. Um I'm going with again, you know, we were talking about pumpkin beers and it's certainly 
tis that time of year. I'm an unabashed fan of the pumpkin, the pumpkin beers. A um, lot of cool local ones around here, but you know what? I'm going with uh, Sam Adams Jacko. I've just been crushing this one because <laughs> it's four and a half, four point four percent. I mean, what other pumpkin beer has that much character that you could just crush them at four point four percent? I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm digging it though. Yeah. Nice. I am going. I'm drinking healthy. Ooh. Ooh. Can't see can't it. Can't see it. On the video. Um, yeah, it's the abjuration uh, matcha tea milkshake. Mm. So it's matcha. That's healthy. Mm-hmm. And it comes out very green. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, can it, I want to see the color? It's pretty intense looking. Yeah. Yeah. Very green, very spooky. Um, but yeah, it's not like one of those sour slop type deals. Mm-hmm. Where they, they mm-hmm. yeah they made some goofy green thing. It just tastes like um it tastes like uh, Starbucks's green tea frappuccino. But oh, interesting. Yeah, but beer form. You know what I I'm uh, uh we've talked about on the show. And for those of you who are new to the show, I am just a a, a pumpkin spice slut. Uh, <laughs> I love <laughs> pumpkin spice candles, pumpkin spice anything, and I love like warming kind of mulling spices like year round. I love that kind of stuff. Cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, and allspice and all that stuff. I'm usually not a huge Starbucks pumpkin spice latte guy. It's just like a little sweet for me. Mm-hmm. But they've got this pumpkin spice cold brew thing mm-hmm. happening right Ooh. now. That yeah, that's I what I fuck, fuck up. with. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, do you get the cold foam on it? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, I get the cold foam. Yeah. <laughs> what do I look you know like what Dunkin- goddamn amateur? <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts has like very similar thing. that And yeah. Dunk, where I live now, Dunkin's right there. So I have to, yeah, yeah. I have to go that route, but... Still. Yeah, I saw the commercial for the Dunkin' one. I'm going to go try that. I um, love my donkey dudes. <laughs> my order is ice uh, ice coffee with a mm-hmm. uh, little, you do the pumpkin shot, mm-hmm. and then oat milk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I made the That's horrible fancy. mistake of, because I'm, like I said, this time of year, I'm, I'm putting the pumpkin spice cream. I'm usually a black coffee guy, but I put the, the espresso, I put the pumpkin spice creamer in all, all season, right? As soon as it hits the <laughs> shelf, I'm going pumpkin spice I'm, creamer that, every day. That, I feel like those are such conflicting things, dude. Like, you're yeah, like, I, know, I, go, I, I go from black coffee to all the spice. And that's a shoulder <laughs> shake one, all the spice. It is literally, uh, uh, yeah, just turn on a dime. Going from just black coffee all year round to September 1st, I'm going super sweet pumpkin spice everything <laughs> so it is definitely an about face but um i made the mistake speaking of oat milk i made the mistake uh i ordered groceries and they didn't have um they didn't have the pumpkin spice creamer so they substituted almond milk pumpkin spice almond milk Fuck yeah and it just turns into goddamn scrambled Mm-mm. eggs in your, in your yeah. fucking coffee it just coagulates and, oh, and, yeah. and just like, yeah, all all the proteins just like coagulate into these ribbons. It looks like fucking egg drop soup in your, it looks like, <laughs> it looks like fucking cold break, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or hot break in your kettle, you know, it just, yeah. it looks like freaking, yeah, it, it looks like trube that's just going to settle to the bottom of your fucking glass. So, um, I was, I was mad about it. Um, I flipped the table in my room, in my house and made a whole scene, um, but yeah, that's that's my shit. That's my shit. That'll teach him. That'll teach sons of bitches. <laughs> you don't think that I'll cut off my nose to spite my face? I fucking will. And then I'll write you a letter about it. Um, no, I won't. Um, so, Steve, for those of you who are new, once again, 
we do this every month. We do the showdown episode. And then our off episodes are what we call mini-sodes, which has become a joke of sorts because they're two fucking hours long. <laughs> but um, they... Mini-sodes are still shorter than the showdown, so that's how... <laughs> yeah, the showdown's all nine relative. hours. Yeah. Um, so we had... Uh, we The mini-sode after... Uh, the main episode is always whoever wins gets to pick, you know, a punishment if they want to, or they can be uh, a benevolent champion, as we've discussed before, is if you win, you can either inflict pain by making uh, your fellow co-hosts watch something absolutely fucking dreadful, um, or you can, you know, like I said, uh, be be a kind and, and gracious uh, champ. Um, we do have a championship belt, again, for those of you who are new. I'm looking at it right now, although Steve... Uh, currently holds that belt. Um, he is currently the champ. Last uh, month in our uh, modern slasher episode, Steve took home the belt. We have now all owned the belt at some point. Steve won last month. I won the two months before that. Meg won mm -hmm. the first month. So I might add, I am still the winningest champion in the history of Halloween is forever. <laughs> I am it, but that could all change today. It could. Well, it will all change today because there's no fucking way I'm going to win this month because I drew Ghosts of Mars. So one of these two are going to bring it home and I'm ultimately going to probably determine who that is. I don't know probably. for sure. Um, so one of them. Brian, will you look me. really great today. Hey, thanks. Um, <laughs> I have accepted my fate. Uh, as soon as I drew Ghosts of Mars, I was like, your boy's not bouncing back this month, uh, so maybe <laughs> well, in November. I mean, there was there was a possibility because we had never none of us had seen the ward, so we that's didn't know true. we didn't know how bad that got if it got bad. Yeah, right, that's true. So. That's true. Um, so, uh, so long, wildly about uh, way of saying that Steve gets to pick the order as the champ. Uh, comes with uh, comes with all the, the the benefits of the champ, and one of those is you get to pick the order for the next showdown episode. So Steve will pick who goes uh, first, second, and third in our John Carpenter Roulette Showdown. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm not going to belabor the point. Uh, we're going to go Brian, Meg, <laughs> and then myself. Okay, bring it up the rear. Wait. Bring it up the yeah. rear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I dabbled with a couple of different tr strategies going going uh, typically in the middle, uh, but Steve's going to bring it up bring it up at the end, which uh, I, I can I can appreciate that strategy. I, I I was gonna make Meg go first just to make her mad, but I just think it's better to. <laughs> I was about to compliment you too, but I didn't want to draw any attention to myself. <laughs> Meg actually, you guys can't see or who aren't watching the feed here. Meg slinked down below the camera and just <laughs> pretended she wasn't there. So Steve went bigger to go first. She hates going first. Yeah, I, I, I was going to. Like that was yeah. my original strategy before we even picked movies. Yeah. I was like, I just make Meg go first because it's funny. <laughs> just to freak her out. She just to freak her out. So but I just what? think it's important that we just get Ghost of Mars out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? And honestly, I'm I'm kind of excited because, again, I'm not going to win. This is this movie is an absolute pile of fucking horseshit. But it's going to be fun to talk about. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's I think so. Silly bad. It's um, so silly bad. It, yeah, it's really, really, truly the case. So, um, for those of you who have not seen Ghosts of Mars, this was kind of touted in a lot of ways as like John Carpenter's kind of return to form in a lot of uh, in a lot of senses in 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 2001. This was a big project. It was a pretty pretty high budget project. It had some some high profile people attached to it. 
Doing a little bit of research on this, there's a lot of speculation. Um, and this one, I, I have not seen this come right out of John Carpenter's mouth, but it does seem to be a generally um, accepted uh, uh, idea that this was originally pitched as a um, another sequel to Escape from New York. So Escape from L.A. unfortunately bombed, um, yeah. which is... That's a silly, dumb movie, but like it's kind of fun. Like I like it. Escape from L.A. Okay, um, Escape from New York is very much of its time, and it's easier to kind of give it a little bit of leeway. And I mm-hmm. love that movie, and I love Kurt Russell. So I will yeah. listen. I will. I will swallow whatever bullshit Kurt Russell throws my way. I don't. Give, <laughs> I, don't I don't give a shit. Uh, I, I adore him. But Escape from L.A. bombed so hard. Okay, it's got a guy surfing in a post-apocalyptic L.A. city alongside someone driving in like a '50 Chevy convertible. Like I'm, I, I, I love that that scene. It, but if, if I don't know, I don't want to harp too much on Escape from L.A. But it's like if the effects were better in that yeah. movie, I think it would be looked more favorably upon. But like that scene that you just described is one of the most egregiously like I fucking things i know because but it's, it's so silly that's why i love it's so it it's silly so but dumb. it's like if if the effects were better for that silliness then yeah. it would be more loved i think perhaps perhaps and i think probably people are looking up with, with rose-colored glasses a little bit now um and maybe people were it seems people are starting to do that with ghosts of mars because i posted something about it on the instagram and i got a lot of very mixed responses anywhere from i fucking love this movie it's my really? favorite movie to i want this movie to burn like it's <laughs> all over the place and that is that is normally the the cycle you know what I mean? Like 20 to 30 years later is when people all of a sudden are like, no, that wasn't bad. That was good. <laughs> like, yeah. mm. Anyway, uh, that is that is a, obviously a matter of opinion. But this was pitched as a, a, a Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell vehicle, and it was going to be Escape from Mars. Hmm. Knowing that, it makes a lot more sense. Like this would make a lot more sense as a Snake Plissken type of of, of silly action horror sci fi escape movie, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into it. It doesn't land that way at all. But no. um, so so it jumps off, and and again, futuristic sci fi post post. It doesn't necessarily. It's not. It has a post apocalyptic feel, but it doesn't take place on Earth. Of course, it takes place on these these colonies, Earth uh, colonies, human colonies on Mars in the year twenty one seventy six, and they're in the process of like terraforming um, uh, Mars. And I think they mentioned that they're eighty some percent to uh, to the um, Earth's atmosphere, so it's livable. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and there and there are colonies of humans all over mars there's different like bases and villages and all that sort of thing kind of spread all over the 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 planet and there is this kind of roving um something right almost a cloud of if you if you will uh kind of passing across and leaving all this destruction in its wake in these various villages and settlements and things like that all over the uh all over the planet of mars um Boy, that soundtrack is like listening to nails <laughs> in your ear. That industrial, and I'm oh, a car- I so like intense. Carpenter's music. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's obviously you know, typically kind of a little bit more on the simplistic side. This is very like intensely industrial. Uh, yeah, 2001. Almost it sets the tone for how seriously they were taking them. Type of thing. Yeah, 
they were definitely setting the tone for how serious they were taking themselves in this movie. Yeah, too. yeah. I honestly didn't hate it though. Like I, I mm. might be the outlier when I say this, but I, I yeah. didn't hate it. Um, yeah. And the soundtrack is John Carpenter's composition as mm. performed by Anthrax, Steve Vai, and Buckethead. Yeah. But it comes out sounding like the soundtrack to the uh, game Doom. Okay. I could see which, that a little bit. Which, yeah. I mean, fits because that was all about demons on Mars. Why does it... It felt a little bit more... And this, these are not my genre. Like, I know who those people are. I know who Buckethead mm-hmm. is. I know who Anthrax is and stuff. But, like, this mm-hmm. is not my genre. But mm-hmm. they, it definitely had a bit of a, of a weird new metal vibe to me. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's if that's accurate or not, but that's what got stuck in my head when well, I heard it. Well, it makes yeah. sense because of when that time period, too. Right. Exactly. You know, this was totally. late 90s, early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we were but, all wearing you know, Janko jeans and, you know, <laughs> listening to Limp Bizkit and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> Right. Yeah, we were we were down with the sickness, every single one of us. Um, but nice it, it, it was, uh, he still put his name above the title, which I appreciate the balls to put to, to make this John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars still, you know, he he likes this was around the era where he was doing name above the title shit, though. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was it was John Carpenter's vampires. You know, it was it was it was John Carpenter's. Now, that's a very generic title. And John Carpenter's Village of the Damned, which we'll talk about, is a name above the title. But that's also a remake. So I can see why. Um, but I can't imagine when they put this out, they thought it was going to do great. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong <laughs> in assuming that. But. Um, you look at this, it's Kurtzman, it's Nicotero. These are like top flight effects people though. Like he had yeah. the crew there. Mm-hmm. Like this, this movie had so much potential. Um, on, on paper, it looks amazing. Yeah, for sure. Espe- especially if you put it out like now yeah. with how big Jason Statham is mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and Ice yeah. Cube and like, yeah, these were, I mean, Ice Cube was already, already a name, obviously right. at the time, Jason, mm-hmm. Th- Jason Statham less so. Um, but, uh, in any case, um, so the premise is, so all of these unexplained deaths are happening on these settlements and towns all over Mar- Mars. And then you come to learn that there's some sort of <sighs> microbiological, perhaps spiritual remnants of organisms or a society perhaps even that used Mm -hmm. to inhabit mars question mark and (laughs) were (laughs) kind of awakened by the the human terraforming of the planet so they suggest that that they're ghosts or souls even at some point of Mm -hmm. of ancient martians uh but the one scientist kind of early on explains that they're actually these kind of microorganisms that are like uh, airborne kind of thing. So, but but we'll get to it in a minute when they kind of zoom in and give you this kind of first person view of like these whatever it is going in, jumping from body to body and taking people over. They it very much has a a, a a spirit type of kind of feel to it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not entirely sure what they were going for there, but you know I like the idea that it's. 2176 and people are still explaining unnatural or i'm sorry not unnatural speaking they're explaining away natural phenomenon by saying ghost (laughs) (laughs) it's literally almost the end of the 22nd century and people were still like 
oh, airborne, you know, germ theory is ghosts. Um, right. So, like, they're fucking cavemen. So I, I kind of I kind of <laughs> dug that. But um, it's never really truly explained in any real way, <laughs> to be honest with you. No, it's a, it's a, it's that vague. Yeah, it's a microbiome, or it, yeah, it's some sort of microbe that mm-hmm. is also the remnants of a consciousness of mm-hmm. like a, a so it former is spiritual race. in a sense, but mm-hmm. in a sense, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, because uh, there is you get scenes of like the what they originally looked like, mm-hmm. even though they're this red cloud now. Yeah, you get scenes of what they actually looked like, and it's like, Ugh. yeah, they <laughs> they were like big CGI. weird lizard people, fish lizards or something. <laughs> they um, look like um, if you uh, if anybody's ever played the game Halo, mm-hmm. the the kind of Arbiter. They look yep. like the Arbiter. You're very that yeah. That's a that's a great that's a great way to describe them. That's exactly what they look like. It's like if uh, Harry Halson made an Arbiter kind of thing mm-hmm. or something. Um, yeah. But it, it's very much uh, it's weird because they are. I, I imagine the design, which you you see them kind of almost barely any more than a silhouette in that kind of flashback ish type of scene or whatever. But it is kind of like a okay. They look like reptilian fish people maybe maybe right. not um so so i i assume they're they're kind of alluding to this idea that cuz they are humanoid in nature mm-hmm. um that that is kind of they they went through some similar evolutionary process as we did on earth um right. But they got stuck up in Mad Max times a little bit. <laughs> so it's it's it just had so much potential. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just so in any case, we we jump into uh, you know, this this um this mining uh uh train that's going across Mars through this kind of like forbidden area kind of thing, if you will, and you have introduced this team of security officers that are hitching a ride on this train and I'm not going to go by any means we're not going to go scene by scene because this movie doesn't deserve it but um, <laughs> the uh, and oh boy I have it scrolled down here a little bit further but um, her name so so it's Natasha Henstridge's character and I'm just going to refer to him as the, the you know as the as the, the actors, actors. <laughs> yeah. um, not not the characters names because they don't really uh, matter at all um, but <laughs> although, you learn although Jason Statham's character of Jericho <laughs> Jericho is such a 2001 <laughs> fucking name my friend Scott, he probably put Jericho in the name of his character in 007. It was Cold Steel, Jericho. Jericho, and yeah, Down with the Sickness or some shit. Um, so uh, she, you, you pre- pretty quickly, these are like hard-boiled security officer type of people who are on these like tours of duty on Mars, of course. And you quickly learn that she is using some sort of like short-acting psychotropic drug, uh, like Mm -hmm. recreationally, um, which may or may not come back later, question mark. I don't know. But it's tetramomoclot. Monochloride. Te- tetramonochloride. That's yeah. it. I completely butchered the spelling. I had to Google auto- it because <laughs> I was just like, what is this? I was like. Yeah, the autocorrect really did not do me a solid there. Uh, tetramonochloride. And I was yeah. like, there's no street name for it. I just wrote, oh, no, <laughs> not tetramonochloride. <laughs> is it not called like schwank or something? Right. Yeah, is there not like a 2001 no. street name for this? Or even just tetro? 
Yeah, something, <laughs> yeah. anything. Um, but but it's it's obviously causing her to do these like you know kind of subdued hallucinations. It's something she's taking to like pass the time kind of thing. Um, and you get to learn, you get to know. There's so many great you know late '90s, early 2000s people in this cast. So like I said, on paper it looks great, right? Um, so. Uh, she immediately starts seeing things that just could be like on the cover of a Pink Floyd album. Like it's so stereotypical, like uh, 2001 idea of like tripping on, on whatever the psychotropic drug is. Um, but then uh, I was, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, we're, this is, uh, this was, this was, I have not seen this movie since it came out in 2001. So it'd been 20 years since I saw this movie. Didn't remember mm-hmm. a lot about it besides the fact that I did not enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Pam Greer. Okay. Like I'm starting to, I'm starting to get on board a little bit now. Um, uh, you learn the name of Ice Cube's character, although you have not been introduced to him yet. His name really rolls off the tongue. James Desolation Williams. <laughs> Which is yeah. the clunkiest fucking nickname in the world. Um, Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Desolation. You know what? A catchy nickname is usually less than four syllables, but you know, who, who am I? Who am I to judge? That that's what happens when you have to replace Snake Pliskin yeah. in a hurry. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, uh... It's almost like they got the the red light on the Snake Plissken, you know, uh, uh, sequel, the Escape from Mars sequel, and we're like, you got three weeks to turn this into a different movie, um, <laughs> yeah. and we'll get deeper into that. But that feels like what this movie suffered from the most. Um, the set pieces are pretty sick, to be honest with you. And if you insert in your brain Snake Plissken into some of these set pieces, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. reminds you of the the settlement. It, it's a Mar- Martian kind of martian adobo hut kind of things yeah. uh version of like the the shanty town kind of settlement in escape from la in a lot of ways yeah the, the whole film is pretty much like an old west like wild west film there's the one main kind of yeah uh uh, uh you know road through town almost kind yeah. of thing well i mean but... you have you have a train that goes between all the mining towns sure which was kind of that was kind of cool in the beginning like you don't see so many miniatures matched up against matte paintings mm-hmm. and that's one of the first things you see i was like oh that's you know an old style you don't see very often but yeah. um there's hot air balloons there's the even the trucks kind of look like carriages mm-hmm. so it's like it's all very small mining town kind of and then the the you could call like the security force that we're talking about they're like the pinkertons yeah. Of way back in the day, they That's represent the government. They're going into a fucking small town to bring out this outlaw. Yeah. You know, and he's, it's outlaw transport movie. Absolutely. It is. It is. It was meant to be a throwback to like an 80s space western. Um, mm-hmm. But no one told the performers, unfortunately. <laughs> um, no one got it. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, the concept is there on paper, and, and yeah. you see it. It's just no one told any of the actors. That's what it yeah. was. Um, so, so like I said, the set pieces are pretty sick. I, I, I really like. I really like the little science fiction details that Carpenter likes to throw into things, like the hey, we get you get like headaches for several months when you do your first tour on mm. Mars because of the different levels of. You know, there's less oxygen in the atmosphere um, and how time moves faster. I don't fully get that, but he was talking about how like a, a, a tour on Mars is twice as long on Earth or something. Did you catch that? Hmm. I caught it. He said like when you sign a contract for a year, a year mm-hmm. on Mars. 
Mars is two on Earth, or yeah, is two on Earth. I don't hmm. know if that's completely one to one, but Mars and Earth both are on a twenty-four hour uh, day-night cycle. I thought that was the whole idea of why Mars is like the closest cousin yeah. to Earth, you know. Yeah, but. I like when he injects those little tiny kind of like, you know, science nuggets, sci-fi nuggets in there, right? Um, Jason Statham, I don't dislike Jason Statham, but in this movie, he was full on give me hemorrhoids. Like, he just, he's fucking, he was trying to be so badass, he was trying to be so like, I'm the domineering, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of badass bro kind of guy and yeah. uh he's just a shitbag character um he's bargain bin bruce willis that's like what he's trying to go for he even has he even has diehard like hair at that point yeah because yeah. he still yeah, has his sure. hair but it's very obviously receding <laughs> yeah yeah he just feels like a ripoff bruce willis um yeah. and he he's british he, bruce willis yeah he's he's uh he's uh <laughs> what's the what's the character i posted about this a while ago he's like uh tommy tommy knife fingers version of, of bruce oh, willis and joe <laughs> Sharp- Tommy Knife Fingers. I was way off. Sharpan <laughs> Joe. Yeah, the, 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 the Freddy Krueger ripoff. Tommy Knife Fingers. That's my personal one. I'm releasing new, at the end of the one. month, guys. <laughs> Smash that like and subscribe button. Pre-orders for Tommy Knife Fingers are coming out any second. Do you ever notice like how now, like I think even newer movies, he talks a lot less. But in this movie, he talked so much. You're like, you need to stop. He Just never shuts stop. the fuck up. Oh, yeah. my God. Wanted, oh, God. Yeah, and every scene, every scene is him trying to turn Natasha Henstridge, who he yes. believes is a lesbian. Yeah, and the inverse, Pam Greer's character, who is gay, is trying mm-hmm. is like hitting on Natasha right. Henstridge's character, mm-hmm. and so there's like yep. this weird ba- battle. It's 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 very <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So uh, I <laughs> I was like the hot air balloon thing. You could tell it was meant to be a big scene with like a Kurt Russell type of character. And they liked the idea enough that they kept it, but it was completely inconsequential. Yeah. Either a Kurt Russell character or a uh, Steve Buscemi character. Oh, yeah. Like, I could have seen yeah. him that in from the Escape from L.A. Yes, I could have seen yeah. him doing some weird shit like that. Yeah. I feel yeah. like in uh, like in, notice at the end, but also in the scene with a hot air balloon of like how much money they probably blew on just being able to blow it up because that yeah. was like I mean, one of the most cool epic. Effect. It was insane. Yeah. I also was questioning. I'm like, would it really be that epic of an explosion? But I didn't want to question <laughs> I, it. No. Like, I was like, this is just it, too much, too long. Because yeah. the atmosphere has less oxygen, so yeah. it, how, would it be? <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm listen I'm not a scientist guy I'm gonna venture to say a hot air balloon wouldn't even work on Mars that's just my instinct as an amateur scientist um, but you know it's funny because the thing that I love about John Carpenter is especially in his in his uh, less less pure horror themed and more more kind of uh, action adventure type of sci-fi stuff he has like this very I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean it very much in a positive way. He has this like childish wonder kind of thing mm-hmm. where he wants to put the shit 
10-year-old you would want to see in a movie. He wants right. that in the movie, hmm. you know? So, like, when you see stuff like that, you're just like, I, you just see the rem, like the remnants of, of, of it really could have been something super, super fun, a la, you know, an Escape from New York or, or you know, uh, you know, any of those movies that kind of fall in that vein from him. But, yeah, I don't know. Well, it, it, it's, it's just kind of surprised that, that they couldn't pull that off in a more meaningful way. You know what I mean? Mm. It really mm. felt like there was a time crunch involved, but I don't know. Mm. But um, I, I'm, I am kind of surprised because one of the things people say a lot about this movie is they shit all over the dialogue in this movie. Yeah. And rightfully so. It's A lot mm-hmm. of it's not good. But watch Escape from New York. It's fucking terrible. The dialogue yeah. is so unbelievable. But it's Kurt Russell saying it, so everybody's like, oh yeah, all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like, I mean, I mean, the the thing I was joking about at the top of the episode, like Rowdy Roddy Piper walking into the bank and doing the, the you know, chew bubblegum and kick ass line. Mm-hmm. It's delivered in the most awkward, silly way, and it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't call back to anything. No, no, he just he doesn't that mention bubblegum at any other point <laughs> in They Live. Um, but it's iconic because it's so fucking bold and silly. Mm-hmm. The scene you don't see is Roddy Piper walking down the sidewalk, and yeah. like, oh, what am I going to say when I get in the bank? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, chew bubblegum. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to kick some ass, I guess. What is, uh, what? He's, he's giving himself a pep talk. He's going, right. all right, all right, Roddy, what do you do best? Yes, of course. Yes. All right, now yes. what else yeah, do you yeah. really like to do? Well, I do kind of like, I mean, I have bubble gum in my pocket. Like, Not even that. He saw a kid chewing bubble gum. And he's, like, he's like, what else do I like to do? He's just doing uh, word association. He's yeah, like Brick like, from Anchorman going down the street. Bubble gum. Okay, uh, lamp. There's a lamp. Did I, do I break a lamp? Do I threaten to break a lamp? Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, these lines they're so silly but then they become iconic because of the, just the insane boldness of putting something that crazy right. into a movie there's a bunch of stuff like that in this movie it's just that like none of it really for whatever reason didn't catch the zeitgeist in the same way in, tw- in 2001 and it feels like I'll get into this a little bit more but it does feel like it is symptomatic of the time in late 90s early 2000s just for whatever reason the pop culture um, mythos of that time was to take yourself super seriously. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that was just kind of in in pop culture being extremely almost overtly earnest with every single thing you do to a point where like you're very cynical about anything that isn't dead fucking serious. I think yeah. just made this stuff not land and also influenced the performances in a way that didn't allow it to really land. Whereas like back in the eighties and, and certainly in movies now, cause everything of course is, is ebbs and flows like that. Right. Where I think people have the, the latitude to be a little silly and not take themselves super seriously and still make it fun and, and cool. Whereas mm-hmm. then it was like, if you weren't dead fucking serious, it wasn't cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, and just to that, like you think 2001, that means we're two years removed from the matrix. Yeah. And everybody on this film is probably trying to do the matrix. That's mm. a great point. Didn't even think about that. All the actors are probably trying to do the matrix. Cause like Natasha Henstridge, she honestly didn't work that much after this film. Yeah. And Ice she Cube. probably auditioned mm-hmm. <laughs> for The Matrix, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, probably a lot of the people in this movie did, but... Yeah. Uh, like, Ice Cube, he's relatively new to film at this point, because he d- he's done Anacondas, mm-hmm. or Anaconda. 
mm-hmm. but like you know he's still relatively new to film he hasn't had his big are we there yet or whatever fucking yeah i mean obviously you mm-hmm. had, had like friday and stuff but those are yeah. comedies right mm-hmm. and and jason statham is obviously still trying to get his foothold mm-hmm. you know in everything so mm-hmm. yeah like they're they're all trying to give their best matrix performance when that's not what that's not what John Carpenter movies call for. No, no. And even especially this one where I think this was a only 20 years later and maybe it would have worked better 30 years later. Um, mm-hmm. But this was absolutely his his callback to 80s action sci fi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I do like that in the 22nd century infantry weapons are still fucking enormous like they're still (laughs) gods you know they're still uh not god of war what's 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 the other video game franchise with the guys that have no necks and giant guns uh gears of war (laughs) gears of war okay yeah yeah Hmm. with the big giant guns like they're carrying the gears of war infantry weapons like they not only have they not gotten smaller like the the noisy cricket has not been invent, invented. It is they're fucking giant now, right. even more so than than modern weapons. But well, you see, Brian, they have weapons. to be giant because the gas has to expand to accommodate for the mer- Mars That's atmosphere. That's right. That's right. And time is slower on Mars. And right. yes, of course, of course. Uh, no more explanations required. Um, so so you kind of alluded to this. Ice Cube's kind of new at this point. This is not him at his best. Um, he's trying really hard to be that that super serious you know tortured type of uh cur- you know anti-hero but also kind of a heartthrob like he's definitely leaning into the the sex appeal of the character a little bit um <laughs> but there's really some laughable lines and scenes from him and also what's up with those fucking pants that looks like some hardy boy <laughs> shit that you're wearing like or my zubaz the mars <laughs> yeah like you literally look like it's a cross between zubaz yeah. and yeah something like one of the hardy boys would yeah. wear definitely um but you learn that these the spirit of these microorganisms you know jump from body and to body when the host dies specifically so it's like immediate as soon as the host who is infected and is immediately like the thing that that kind of delivers the kind of shock factor thing is they like immediately go into this like self-mutilation mode mm-hmm. where they start like ripping their at their skin or they grab the first like sharp thing and start piercing their face with it and all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff um I, I just and as soon as they die that jumps could, to another person that aspect alone i feel like gives me the most anxiety because i feel mm-hmm. like that concept today probably would could be done very epically because it's a pretty yeah, scary I, concept. Like, oh, it's just never going to die and never going to go away. And there's no way you can get rid of this thing. Like, that concept. That's yeah. scary. <laughs> I mean, everyone... Yeah, Friday... The, I mean, which Friday movie was that? Nine? That they did that? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Where, Jason where Goes kind, to Hell, where the worm fucking takes people over. Yeah, it's kind of a yeah. similar concept. And, like, there is, like... There's definitely some... The thing in the mouth of madness kind of vibes popping mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those movies, you you care about the characters. But um, <laughs> that's like it, it's it's definitely got some similar themes to some of his movie other movies. Yeah. Strangely, it also feels like there's a game that feels almost half inspired by this called Dead Space. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead. Sp- I played the first one because there were multiple yeah. games in the series. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's multiple games, and there's actually two pretty good like animated horror movies. If people mm-hmm. want to check out, um, dude, but- Dead Space was a fucking scary game. I remember. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. The, the 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 whole like kind of premise behind it though is like there's this weird monolith that was 
dug up by a mining town mm-hmm. and like these monoliths like infect people and turn them into these self-mutilated monsters that, that, mm. that like, you know, you can chop their limbs off and whatever. They don't feel pain. So mm. I, it, it's just weird. Like, I wonder if it was half inspired by Ghosts of Mars. Oh, God. <laughs> now I want to go back and replay it through that lens. Yeah. Because I remember yeah. it was very much a survival horror, but incredibly mm-hmm. tense survival horror game. Yeah. Um, and the sound was super effective. I remember that was a great game. Yeah, yeah you, you, I would not be surprised re, if you're right. Re, uh, watch the watch the animated movies for more of the lore because it, it it comes off very similar. I was like, what really? the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to do that. I know there were multiple games after that, but I only played the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so the distorted first person of the spirit thing, jumping from body and body, gets pretty old pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, like they could have done that once or twice, and they do it like feels like a a dozen times uh i do need to call out um the severed hand bra that's fucking sick the, the one <laughs> like the one like you know because the people of uh, all the, of this mining town they're all miners that were working in what what did they say i don't remember if they called out what what um mineral they were mining or what metal they were mining i don't uh, mm. yeah I but don't, this is a mi- this is a mining it. town on mars all of the miners and a number of the security people and everything get taken over and they all they all kind of jump into this kind of like uh, you know they just pass out and when they wake up um some of them wow just now under kind of making the connection with uh with um village of the damned they all pass out <laughs> and wake up and many of them are affected not all of them and the ones who are affected immediately start self-mutilating and killing mm-hmm. the people who aren't affected and they uh, morph into this yeah mad max type of uh environment where they all like take up all the take up arms against you know anyone else and create this almost like primitive tribal culture kind mm-hmm. of thing um but one of the characters she has clearly cut someone's hands off and turned it into <laughs> like a bikini top um so which i thought was sick I yeah <laughs> one of the guys who is in the i believe he was a minor he was that group of miners that were up on the hill kind of thing and got saved or no 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 they were the ones who were they they were the criminals I'm sorry who Mm -hmm. were with Ice Cube um, and his two kind of cronies one of them is one of the Joker brothers from Next Friday if you ever seen Next Friday with Mike Epps Uh, it's genuinely a fucking really funny movie Mike Epps I just love Mike Epps but um, they have this (laughs) their neighbors they call them the Joker brothers there's these like this like kind of Mexican gangsters that live in, in Next door to them and they're scared of and Mm -hmm. the one guy um who is like huffing the drugs and we'll talk about later cuts his own thumb off um he is one of the joker brothers from next friday um (laughs) it's the only other movie i've ever seen him in um but i was like oh shit because we used to watch next friday religiously when when my my brother and i were little i don't know why um (laughs) it's a funny movie (laughs) we wore the vhs out i mean we we literally still quote mike kep's lines from that uh, to this day um (laughs) So, uh, the, (laughs) there's a scene in the jail cell where Natasha, um, I can't want to say Natasha Hargitay, but that's not where I'm getting two (laughs) actresses mixed up. It's Natasha Henstridge when she is, um, got them trapped in the jail cell and they have guns and they're going to shoot her. But then she's like, no, I'm going to, you know, you're never going to get out if you shoot me kind of thing. Um, that is honestly one of the stupidest fucking scenes in film history. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the you need to give me your word. 
You know what I mean? Like she's yeah, gonna yeah. let him out as long as like this this criminal murderer is go, like promise? his word means anything. Yeah, <laughs> and then his response is, "I never give my word." Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, we were Kate and I were la- like belly laughing at. I never give my word. Like what do you what do you fucking mean? Just say yes and then let him out and then kill him. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> You're trying to escape. Why? Why is this like these? It's it's almost this like uh like old english knight type of mentality of like honor code like are you fucking kidding me uh, it was such an incredibly stupid scene um <laughs> there is also a line um when one of them threatens to cut someone's fucking titties off which i did appreciate that and i wrote that down i do not know under remember any other context besides that but i did write it down um but let's let's jump right to that that thumb cutting off scene because i already mentioned it so there is a scene where um they have procured some sort of of i mean it's the equivalent of weed like he's acting like he's stoned right like Mm -hmm. he smoked weed right and he keeps inhaling this this like inhaler that's getting him high. This is the the one of the the kind of criminal cronies of Ice Cube's character. And somebody's trying to get a can open, and he's like, "Hey, baby, let me open that can for you." He gets this big <laughs> machete type tool that he has, and off camera puts it down the table, cuts the top off of it, and hands her the can. And he has cut his thumb off completely. Yeah. <laughs> And Ice Cube is like, oh, that's fucking sick, bro. Like, that's a stupid scene. That, that is my believe- favorite scene in the whole movie, though. I can't believe it was in there. I completely forgot about it. It got me as completely as a surprise. I did not remember it at all. Um, I, I It's so fucking dumb, and I can't believe I didn't remember it. But- it's so dumb, but it's so hilarious. And it's like, it's I don't know. It's one of the few kind of like points of levity that actually work. Yeah, but and, and it's, it's still one of the, so bizarre. It yeah, still yeah. doesn't it doesn't connect to the story at all. It's no. so out of tone of the whole rest of the movie. No, it doesn't it doesn't connect to the rest of the movie, but I feel like it connects to like John Carpenter in general. That yes. feels very John Carpenter. Yes, it it, it was uh, for a quick second there I was having fun again. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. If they would have done more shit like that and just made things go wild and threw jokes and like levity and stuff like that mm-hmm. in there, I would have been all over it. But um, instead, it just is like a weird, quirky thing that sticks out in a sea yeah, of, of, exactly. of over like, you know self-important over dramatic bullshit but yeah fast forward they're, they're gonna escape they have teamed up with the, the criminals and the security force they go outside um you know they're they're trying to make a run for it they're shooting you know all the the tribal people who have kind of been taken over by the microorganism the martian entity it, they are kind of standing up on these hills on either side of the main kind of throughway mm. of the town and and uh ice cube decides he's going to go rogue and just runs down there doing you know guns akimbo blasting up onto the hills and you know there's a bunch of carnage people getting shot so it's kind of a fun crazy unrealistic action scene but the zombies i'm gonna calling them zombies they're not zombies they're like whatever they are right the the, the kind of tribal martian people who have taken over the 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 miners start throwing shit um like earlier in the movie now all of a sudden they're all running down off the hill just getting blasted 
right? They're just yeah. running down the hill into a hail of bullets. And I'm like, you guys were all throwing some shit a minute ago. Why aren't you throwing shit now? And then later they come back and start throwing shit. They throw shit again. <laughs> yeah. They, they have these like really effective projectiles, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Because maybe my favorite scene in the movie comes uh, on the heels of that here shortly. But I, I guess that was my question is like, why doesn't the organism go into every remaining human during this scene? Like what... There are obviously mm, yeah. enough of them to mm-hmm. take over this whole town. Is it just that there was exactly enough of them to take over all the miners? And now the only way they can get into more people is when somebody dies in their proximity. But like they're mowing down tons mm-hmm. of, right. the, of the right. tribal people. Why, why don't they just all immediately jump into the bodies of Ice Cube and gang at this yeah. point? I, I had that. I had the question too. I was like, <laughs> just like the glaring plot hole because uh, bad that filmmaking. That's why. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. So, or they um, were running, so they couldn't be chased. <laughs> yeah. At this point, and I haven't even mentioned this. And if you know the movie, you might have forgot this as well. Um, this entire movie is Natasha Henstrich's character telling this story to a like. Um, to a magistrate yeah Yeah. that's a great way of putting it i was gonna say it almost felt like uh felt like all the procedural governmental stuff in uh phantom menace you know they're Mm -hmm. just like talking to this this magistrate and these like this uh military tribunal if you will kind of thing and in this moment i had completely forgotten that was the case and they zoom back to her telling the story and i'm like this is joe dirt this is just Joe Dirt telling the story of his like escapades on the radio show to Dennis yeah. Miller. What like, makes yeah. that even more relevant here is like at the end when they're th- she's done telling the story, they're like, "Well, okay, aliens, ghosts," and it's just, like yeah. they blow it off like it's literally nothing. You're like, "Yeah, it's yeah." If if I would have watched this, and it, if this movie happened literally just five six years earlier i think it would have been a lot of fun like if this happened in 94 95 i think this would have been a blast but it just it, it just it just doesn't land at all um mm-hmm. but uh so you know <laughs> i think if it happened today it, it would also be better yeah absolutely people yeah. wouldn't take it as seriously right. it would it, you know wouldn't be so much so many like people feel like their careers are on the line maybe i i don't yeah. know but um this is you know this kind of brought me back at this point too is like we've now learned this in two consecutive episodes from midnight mass and from this never enter a recently unearthed ancient structure um (laughs) nothing good's gonna happen nothing good's gonna happen there so they go down and do that and you know at some point and and i'm I'm, the timelines are kind of all messed up here i'm jumping around but the movie doesn't deserve any 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 better than that um but there there are lots of I, i wrote down there's lots of leather there's lots of questionable you know fashion for the setting um but ice cubes pants this is when i noticed them and they are like they're a cross between something John Daly would wear after 45 Mick Ultras on the golf course <laughs> and something the Hardy Boys would wear. It's right in the middle of those two. It's so it's after one. the third hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before he's on. Yeah. Um, uh, so, question now. Um, she eventually makes out with Jason Stath- Statham, Natasha Hentrich's yeah. character. Why now? 
Uh, why does that happen? I Did almost thought it, I, she fucking hated him the whole time. Right. I legit thought that that scene was going to be somehow she's like then like kicks him in the balls, you know, just yeah. to get him to fucking stop. That's what I thought too. I thought it was going to be like a lure him in and yeah. then make a fool out of him. And then right. they get distracted and they have to run away, and you're like. You are literally telling him how much you don't like him, and you're like fighting off getting hit on the entire movie. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. you're like, "Yeah, Jason, let's fucking make out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you know, real quick though. Yeah, she she even hit him with like the sickest burn too. Yeah, because he because she he says, you know, you want to get it on or whatever, and she says, "I wouldn't do it with you if you were the last guy on Earth, but we're on Mars." Right. <laughs> it's like how fucking sick was that? That burn? was good. That was good. It didn't make any sense. It was terrible. No, it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> um, so uh, here's a part which I'm also uh, another part I was confused about. People are getting taken over by the the Martian entity microbes, right? Nah- Natasha Henstridge's character finally gets taken over, mm-hmm. but she fights it off. But you get a glimpse. This is where you get a glimpse of, you know, the the weird, you know, uh, uh, lizard fish people and shit. Because um, she gets like a, a, a quick insight as they're tr- getting into her system. They're like taking over her brain. She gets a quick insight into like the history of their civilization or something like that. She gets Matrix downloaded, their history. And she fights it off. Are yeah. we meant to believe she does this through just like sheer will or was it because it would have made drugs. sense it was the drugs. So yeah. is it the drugs? Yeah, it's the drugs because they give her, they put her, she gets taken over, they throw her body out of the building that they're hiding in mm-hmm. and then Jason Statham like uh, throws her drugs down her throat. Hmm. So she I missed, does. I she, missed it. Missed the yeah, drug. Yeah, yeah. I missed that then. I was thinking it was because the drugs earlier. No, no, no. It's because um, Ice Cube found where she, her like little pendant that she has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's where she keeps her stash. Yeah, yeah. And Jason, St- Jason Statham. I keep saying Jason. <laughs> Jason's, Jason, Jason Statham. <laughs> My name's Jason Statham. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, yeah, Jason Statham sees the pendant and he goes, oh, that's where her stash is. And then for whatever reason, he just decides, give her her drugs. Yeah. Oh, that, that, well, maybe make her not think about her about getting takeover. Maybe that's like maybe that was the thought. Because at the yeah. same yeah. time, it just that's just a stupid setup. Otherwise, unless he's literally thinking like, "Oh, I don't want her to feel pain right now, so take the drugs." Yeah, maybe uh, he's he has no science degree at all or anything. He's just like, <laughs> just throw drugs down her throat, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> he is not so- a scientist. No, no. Jason, not unlike us. <laughs> Joe, Jason Statham will never be. <laughs> confused with a scientist. I mean, I I'm think... pretty sure that is that is fair. I don't think there's ever been a scientist named Jericho. <laughs> Listen, uh, Professor Jericho, you didn't have him in, in college? No? Okay. Um, Dr. Timothy Jericho? You never heard? <laughs> Unless Jericho on WWE played a, do- a scientist, he very well could have at some point or another. <laughs> he, 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 I don't know if he'd pull He always it has a clipboard. He... Now I'm making the list, you know. Maybe it could yeah. be a scientist clipboard. <laughs> um the uh that, I mean that's honestly 50% of the battle becoming a scientist just having a clipboard. Right. Yeah. The coat is the other 50%. Get the, the coat, get the clipboard, get respect. Yeah. <laughs> First you get the coat. That'd be a great Halloween costume. Clipboard, just put scientists on it right there. That's it. Chris Jericho as a scientist? Yeah, sure. Do that. <laughs> um 
<laughs> I like this scene as well. This is when shit's like really hitting the fan and people are dropping like flies. But I do like when they finally get into the, uh, uh, so I'm going to jump a little bit ahead, but when they finally get into the, the train and start to like pull away from the station and all of the, um, the Martian, you know, warriors are just politely standing on the track, smacking the side of the, like not crawling on the train, not jumping on the train, not trying to break the door down, just all politely banging their metal weapons on the side of the train. Like, like, guys, we're out here. Don't leave without us. Um, The only one that really is, is like the, the head, the head alien, the head Martian, who was a cool design, honestly. I thought he was kind of cool looking. I mean, he didn't need to look I thought he was a little bit dramatic. He, he just was just yeah. like always yelling, and I didn't, it was like, it's a cool oh, design, yeah. but you know, his voice stinks. <laughs> yeah, it was like, bye bye, bye bye. Like, he just <laughs> sounded. <laughs> he sound- he really sounds like silly. Timmy from South Park. <laughs> he did a little bit. He did a little bit. It was, uh, he... it was so distracting. <laughs> it, it's such a, it's such a easy fix. Yeah. To just go into ADR and say, you know what, that doesn't sound intimidating at all. Yeah, let's put monster noises instead. or make up or make up a a, a, a weird you know Martian gibberish thing for I him. I think to that's yell. what they were you... trying to do, but that I know, work. but it just didn't land. It was silly. It was very Guys, silly. Uh, you know what's now in my head, and I don't know how I'm going to get rid of it is watching Ghosts of Mars in my head, but with only South Park characters. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> they should do a Ghost of Mars episode. I mean, yeah. I feel like yeah, maybe, yeah. you know, strike while the iron's hot, right? It's only right. twenty years later. Um but uh, they, they just signed a huge deal and they have to like make a bunch of movies. So yeah, make one of them a Ghost of Mars remake. <laughs> well and at this part, at this point, they've made their cash, so they can do whatever mm-hmm. they want. And yeah. they seem like oh, yeah. the kind of guys who would just say, fuck you, we're gonna do what we want. So right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to really strongly suggest if we can put anything out into the universe, uh, <laughs> I would like a South Park take on Ghosts of Mars. Um, so this is what I was talking about with the projectiles. At this point, you really start to get a close look at the Martians' ability to throw deadly Frisbees, which mm-hmm. I am fucking here for. Mm-hmm. And my favorite scene, aside from the thumb getting cut off, is uh, is uh, Clea Duvall's character. Um which she is like one of the most late nineties, early two thousands like performers I can think of. Like she, she was in so much stuff around that time. She gets her head cut off uh, with one and she does this like duck shoot, duck shoot. And then one time she just doesn't duck and her head gets cut off. With yeah. one of these like razor frisbees. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. I don't know why. Just like the way it was like, a, <laughs> you know, it's coming in threes. Why did you only duck twice? Right. I don't know why. It's just like, it really you know, killed. You know, they keep coming. Yeah. It, I, I love that effect too, because it was so much like part practical, but also still kind of CGI to keep Clea Duvall's real head sure. on screen. Sure. And it very much, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the CGI effects are very similar yeah. to, uh, Cradle of Fear. Just, uh, I can see that. Just, I can see that. They're, yeah. they're, they're, you can pick them out super easy now. Like it, it's not seamless anymore because of how good effects have gotten, but it's just mm-hmm. like, ah, <laughs> yeah, not good. Um, I do love that one of the key things that the Martian organism downloaded into people's like brain and physio- physiology is the ability to be deadly accurate with a frisbee. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that conceit. Six skill. Yeah, I like that. It, 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 so that kind of thing. Like, were these Martian organisms like? 
what is their connection to fish like the band like <laughs> do they have sick hacky sack skills too because if they would have started kicking grenades at people like hacky sacking and kicking grenades at people that would have been i would be on board for it but they're they're deadly accurate with the frisbee um i like that you could see them kind of make that ultra violent like like they could, they could have made the, like they made them ultra violent. They they could have made them like faster or stronger, or whatever. But no, they just made them sick with frisbees. I don't know. I just appreciated that. <laughs> um, I <laughs> my other favorite thing, which again got a laugh out loud for me, they're escaping in the train. Um, the 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 head you know Martian killer guy with the wacky voice is on another uh you know train car. Um, they eventually blow it up with a, with a, a, a small nu- nucleothermal, you know, device, this little like nuclear bomb, essentially. And as they're driving away from it, it goes off and they zoom out into space and you can see the explosion from space, mm-hmm. but not from the front window of the train. Right. Mm-hmm. It all stayed behind the train, <laughs> but you could see it from space. Well, they mm. said it it was only going to have a blast radius of one to two miles. <laughs> they were 150 <laughs> yards away. Right. <laughs> did not th- see it I out the front I, of the train. I think I did the math on this because <laughs> I didn't... Because here's the other thing I don't like about that scene yeah. is that they're fighting the zombie ghosts that have gotten onto the train. But the whole point of blowing it up is to make sure they nuke all of them. Mm-hmm. So in order for that zombie ghost that like Natasha Henstridge kicks one off like seconds before the blast goes off. Right. So in order for that to like stay within the blast range, the train had to be moving at like 15 miles an hour. Yeah. Like the whole time, <laughs> it's just like because you have yeah. to stay within the one to two mile radius, but yeah. you can't go too fast, but you can't get away from it. It's just like this. This is sucks. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to make it that giant explosion. I don't know. It, yeah. just, it was it was just a really poorly thought out scene. Right, um, or you or you didn't have to put the zombie ghosts like at least all of them, like because Ice Cube disconnects half the train, mm-hmm. which leaves the leader. Yeah, that's the other thing is the leader isn't the last one to die, which is kind of usual progression in films. Mm -hmm. But like he could have had him be the last one to die. And then because he disconnected the train, it stops well within that, you know, space. Mm. But then they also have to gun the train to get out of the blast radius. Yeah, you don't Mm -hmm. you you didn't need the last one there. Yeah, Yeah, I I'll get into it if I don't know. I don't know how much more you want to go on, Brian. I have like you, a couple of other final things okay. about this horrible ending. That's, a, okay, that's about good. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like so. Um, the last basically two minutes, you know, when like Ice Cube comes in and like wakes her, like uh, basically saves Natasha Hendricks' character from. Um, they they come back to modern times, right, or or the present day, present day. and <laughs> modern times. It's twenty one seventy six, twenty twenty one Mars. <laughs> yeah. But they come back to 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 the contemporary, you know, b- beginning of the story timeline, and um, things have started to hit the fan now. These Martian, you know, microorganisms, whatever they are, are now taking over the base that she has now been saved and is in because she was found as the the last survivor of that train. Um, 
Ice Cube got away. He has now come back for her to save her. And now they have somehow formed some incredible bond that they did not earn at all in the movie. Like was not like that was never built to a point of like, why do they have this incredible bond? In fact, I would go as far as to say Ice Cube and Natasha Hentridge's character have some of the worst chemistry of any two people <laughs> on screen of all time. Um, but now they are a um, alien fighting duo till they die. Um, and this last two minutes is like this shameless attempt of, of of being a snake Pliskin level kind of cheese to it. And it wouldn't make sense if, if it was that, but they played it way too straight. But we talked about before we start recording the last scene, which is literally ice cube breaks the fourth wall and mugs and winks to the camera (laughs) as the credits roll is unfucking forgivable. It's such a horrible ending. So terrible. It's not just, it's not the worst ending of any movie of all time, but it might leave the worst taste in your mouth of any Mm -hmm. movie ending of all time. And it was like, there were moments in this movie where I was like, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. If I view it through through the uh, through the lens of like an 80s sci-fi cheese fest, okay, you know, whatever, just with 2001 New Metal soundtrack. <laughs> but that last scene is just, it, you can't leave this movie happy after you see that closing no. scene. It's just so mm. fucking awful. And you know what else it reminded me of? It yeah. reminded me of the ending of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, I don't even remember it. <laughs> if, if you if you barely remember it, it's um, they they obviously get back to New York, the Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Yeah, and <laughs> I love that. That's where that came from. Yeah, the, because I told my kids that because we love like Luigi's Mansion and stuff, uh-huh. and I told them you know that was a that was it came up on a trivia thing we were doing. What is Mario's last name? Mario and Luigi's last name? Yeah, and they were like, oh, they don't have a last name. I was like. No, they have last name. It's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. And Kate, my wife, uh, uh, argued. She was like, you're full of shit. She thought for sure I was making it up. I was like, I'm telling you. Uh, This is all new information for me right now. Yeah, yeah. You're witnessing me learning things. Well, it looks like Meg also has to go watch the Mario Brothers movie. But the end of that that movie is... Princess Peach kicks down their door. She has a giant gun in her oh hand. My God, I forgot. And she and she goes, "You'll never guess what's going on." And that's exactly what Ice Cube does. He yeah. kicks open Natasha Hentrich's yeah. door, has a gun for her, has a gun for himself. He's like, "Looks like we're back at it again." It's like you know that classic team of Ice Cube and Natasha. Everyone knows it. Yeah. No, but like that is the thing that that is the most egregious part even almost as bad as the wink and the mug to the camera is when he goes like says something about looks like we're gonna have to kick some alien ass and she's like that's what we do best and i'm like why are you guys the fucking dynamic duo now yeah like you haven't earned this relationship this didn't happen in the script you know what i mean and also why are their guns chrome why are they so shiny chrome i don't know but also such a bad ending they're super ineffective too because it's still going on yeah they like, didn't do a good job right. it's not like you wiped them off the planet yeah and also everyone else died but you guys like you did a bad job yeah <laughs> you're not you ass did kickers. a bad job you this just probably survive <laughs> yeah you barely survived by the skin <laughs> of your fucking teeth um this is just like this script probably reads as something really fun 
You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. probably reads as this like sci-fi horror schlock fest that sounds really fun. Like I said, just no one told the performers. Right. Um, and maybe that is a shortcoming of John Carpenter's directing. I, I don't know. But they did not. They weren't in the same movie that he wrote right. or, 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 or laid out, you know. Yeah. So it was just I, I think, honestly, it'll probably age fairly well. Um, mm. I could see this being like kind of a cult classic in 10, 20 years from now, not age well and make it a better movie. I mean, <laughs> in the way, in the way it's received, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I don't, I don't think so. It, it's yeah. too fucking boring. I, yeah, yeah, I was curious the, like, what yeah. in your mind, like makes it seemingly going that way just because it's so bad. Cause I could see that. Yes, like, be, it'll just, be so bad. It's good. It'll, it will start mm. to get that. So bad. It's good kind of mentality where like now we're, we're just getting to the point now where we're far enough away from it that people are saying they like it in mm-hmm. 10 years from now. I could see people going, Oh, it's fucking great. Cause mm. it's the same thing with, with, uh, I remember when I was, when I was a kid and I was, you know, 12 years old and I loved Halloween. Um, people used to talk the same way about Halloween three season of the witch. Mm-hmm. They yeah. used to say like, it's the fucking worst movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's horrifyingly bad. And then like 10 years ago, people started going, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. And I, now I, fast forward 10 years and it's like one of the most popular horror movies in existence now. Yeah. Like it feels I, I, that way. Yeah. I think, I mean, you're totally right about that, but I think the, the, a lot of that hate came from the fact that it didn't have Michael Myers in it. Yeah, for think, sure. That was so, a big thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I think people just people weren't able to bait and switch. Right. Part, yeah. Yeah. So, but and but that movie still has like a lot of legitimate fun to it, and is like a good movie. Yeah. This one is it's too fucking boring. It's too like there's not enough of those thumb cutting scenes. Yeah. And you have to wade through so much shit to get to the thumb cutting scene and like the saw blade stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just eh. It just doesn't eh. have enough in it. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. And, and the it, plot the plot doesn't make sense obviously it's no. fucking really truly doesn't. Yeah. The plot the plot is silly. It doesn't make sense and I think the thing I pu- the thing I pulled from this that is actually the worst is the editing. And you're talking you're talking about like John Carpenter's directing as far as like you know maybe he just wasn't able to get it across. I think something happened and he was just like tapped out. He might have he, he might have just said guys this isn't yeah. He, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who would just say, like, this isn't what I want, and yeah. so I don't want to be responsible and walk you know, and walk away from it, but he's obviously right. under contract and his name's above the title. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he tapped out before they even started filming mm-hmm. because he didn't, like, he wasn't able to get what he wanted, which was probably Escape from Mars, but, like, yeah. the, he just let all of this, like, terrible shit go, especially in the editing. Yeah, and I did more looking into it because the editing is so bad for me. <laughs> yeah, because we already mentioned how the the way the story is structured, it's the, she's telling this story to a tribunal, mm-hmm. and they keep cutting back to it. And there's nothing that puts the brakes on action more than cutting back to something that isn't action. Just yeah. sitting in a room telling a I story. Feel like they wanted that to be more tense. Yeah, but no one was tense except for Natasha Hendricks. Hendricks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. And in, in just in general storytelling, you don't need to do that. Like set it up at the end and then you have yeah. the bookend for the ending, which yeah. is what you want. But the, you don't need to keep cutting back to it. The other editing 
craziness is like all those weird Star Wars wipes and fades. Yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. And the you like, can they, tell that was like there was stuff that you're like you can tell he's trying to do a throwback type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it also it just it doesn't look good. And no. then there's like a lot of crossfades mid action just to advance a scene. Mm. There's a lot of slow motion for no reason. Yeah. Which also Do you think makes maybe an they got the first boring. version of iMovie? Maybe. I, I think <laughs> they, final I cut, those are like literally final cut two all or something. <laughs> like all of the fucking transitions. Is... Yeah. Yeah. I, feel like, guys. I just feel like they had a concept and just the performances, they never, no one was on, on board with the concept except for Carpenter and, yeah. and the people he could directly influence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, so I, I I went even a little further though. I looked into the editor. Oh yeah, yeah. He has three editing films that he's done. Mm-hmm. This was the first film he edited, then some indie thing, and then an episode of a TV show. <laughs> everything else he everything else he was the assistant editor on. He got his start actually as the assistant editor on Child's Play two and three. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So and then he also worked on like Body Bags, Mouth of Madness, Village of the Damned. So okay. he's worked he worked with Carpenter in the past, and mm, then I yeah. guess Carpenter just put him in charge of editing. But like being an assistant editor and an editor can be two completely different jobs. Okay, like an assistant editor can't. It depends on you know your level of responsibility, but like an assistant editor mostly just collects and marks all the clips for the editor. Hmm. Okay, so you're not doing the heavy lifting typically, right? You're not you're not usually doing the heavy lifting. You're just kind of finding like you're marking like this is the best clip. This might be the second best clip. You know, you kind of look at this, put it together. Um, you are prior. You are creating the mise en place, if you will, more or <laughs> uh, less. for the editor. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You're like you're basically a sous chef in a way. For yeah, the that's inter- interesting. I didn't. I, that's that's great insight. I would not have, never have known that. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. He he was not up for the task, obviously. No. And then obviously um, not because after that he never worked as an editor again. Yeah. He worked. He still works like as an assistant editor on a handful of TV shows. Interesting. But like he. Th- Nobody, I, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> Nobody yeah. trusts this guy to edit their film. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just, you just didn't care about anyone, any of the characters in this movie at all. Like the only one the that I even cared about a little bit, and it's a hundred percent just goodwill from me loving her from other movies, is Pam Greer's character. Mm-hmm. When, when she died early on. That was the only one that was even mildly effective because it was kind of a good practical effect with her head on a pike kind of thing. Yeah. But it was also like, oh, I kind of wanted more Pam Greer. Hey. So yeah. I kind of mourned her loss because I wanted to see her a little bit more. But otherwise, mm-hmm. you didn't care about anyone at all. It, overall, and this is my summation, I am not going to vote for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the first time somebody does not vote for their own movie. Uh, obviously, I didn't pick this movie, so I don't don't feel too bad about that. But um if they would have leaned into the silliness of the premise and, and just took some bigger swings and had more thumb chopping off type of scenes, right? Um, this could have been the type of flick that has a huge cult following or mm-hmm. or was poised to have a huge cult following. But it just it feels like they got caught up in that, you know, late 90s. Like I said, kind of everyone needs to, to take themselves super seriously. Matrix-ish mm-hmm. type of mentality, which you described well. Um, and, and just like no one is 
earnest enough to pull off the absurd confidence of a snake Bliskin in this movie. Right. Like it's just, like I said, it's just too late nineties jaded snarky type of mentality that everyone has, but um, it just doesn't play well, you know, for an otherwise film that, that you should have leaned into the absurdity a little bit yeah. more. Like they're just too cool for school. You could, um, you could literally remake this movie today though. Yeah. And it would be everything that you want because Jason mm-hmm. Statham and Ice Cube have that backing. Natasha Henstridge, she yeah. can do whatever because, like, I don't know, it's her shot back. Like, you yeah. can you can reinvigorate her the way yeah. Pulp Fiction did for <laughs> John Travolta. And, it pull, and, and like, yeah. you just, it, it's, it, it was supposed to be a throwback thing. I just think maybe it was a little bit too soon to throw back to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um because the the next generation hasn't hadn't really caught on to the things like in 2001 you know i was i think when this movie came out i was 15 or 16 years old mm-hmm. i wasn't i wasn't watching predator with the level like i watched predator when it first came out like when i was younger i loved that stuff but like i wasn't nostalgic for that stuff Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it almost was like it was like 10 years too early but like if they would have leaned in more heavily and made it sillier and made it a a, i don't want to i'm not saying like go all the way the like mars attacks level but like if they would have leaned into that type of stuff more it would have it would have been so much better. And I think Carpenter kind of wanted to, to a certain extent, but he like, he just forgot to send out the memo, you know, to the yeah, performers yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so yep. that's ghost of Mars guys. We freaking watched it. Um, <laughs> we, we tolerated it. I'm not, I didn't hate every second of it. Mm-mm. I hated the movie, but not like the experience, I, no. the experience wasn't, yeah, like I told as you guys, as painful as other movies I've watched, but yeah, like I told you guys, as soon as it stopped and got to cut to the credits, I just like audibly just started laughing. I don't know why, <laughs> just something part of the ending. I was just like, I I can't believe I just watched that too. There was like you a little bit of that. Well, you can't believe you sat through all that to have Ice Cube <laughs> wink at you. That that honestly, it, it, that's the thing. Is like, don't it, tell it me was that. like a, it was like a poorly made, poorly constructed sandwich. Mm-hmm. That someone handed to you, and you were like, oh, "This is questionable." But it's a sandwich that actually a... falls apart in your hand, pretty much. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, instead of a pickle on a on a on a toothpick, they put in the end, they put a dog turd right on top, <laughs> and just said, "Here you go." That's yours. <laughs> and you were like, I didn't like this and was not excited about it. But now that you put a dog turd on it, the second before I went to eat it, now fuck this sandwich. Like yeah. that is how that that was the last two minutes of this movie. So well, fuck it. Um, before we jump into who's going next, Meg's going next. I'm Meg's going, going next, right? Do you guys want to take a little breaky break real quick, and then we'll uh, jump into movie number two? Show. Sure. All right, we'll be right back, guys. With a little village of the dam. Let's open up this pit. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> we are uh, about to jump in. Actually, we, we all took a quick a quick bathroom break, refreshed our drinks. I put on a cardigan. Um, I also <laughs> grabbed some uh, Bud Light seltzer toasted I marshmallow. I refilled my coffee that. cup of uh, pumpkin. I'm living that fucking cozy boy. <laughs> you know what? Those spice. seltzers I'm, I'm, might I'm, be I'm, great in coffee. They might be great mixed with coffee. Well, Steve and I were just talking about... Like some espresso? I'd rather die, but th- I appreciate the <laughs> suggestion. Um, Steve, <laughs> Steve and I... <laughs> 
Steve and I were just talking about this mixed pack. This variety pack is a minefield because the apple one, the apple, it's called like crisp apple or something. I forget. It's fine. Totally serviceable. I'm not a seltzer drinker typically either, but but uh, Kate really likes seltzer, so she was like, "Oh, you got we got to do the fall seltzer pack." Okay, so we get it. The pumpkin spice one. We were t- the three of us were texting last night. Um, it tastes like a fucking candle. It's bad. <laughs> um, Steve has warned me that the pear, the the maple pear, is shit. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna save that for Steve's movie. I'm gonna do that one. Last. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm about to crack the toasted marshmallow. But listen, I'm living that cozy boy life. I'm looking out the window. Leaves are falling. I'm looking at my my bats out on my trees with the falling leaves. I'm just I'm feeling real <laughs> autumnal right it now. Is, um, we are recording on the, like the perfect fall day as far as it's getting chilly it mm-hmm. is rainy it's yeah. dark mm-hmm. i yeah. really mm-hmm. want to be under a blanket right now it was a but beautiful I, pa- beautiful fall weekend i'm <laughs> surprised also i have, like this cape popped in my head when you start talking about the seltzers is that i'm surprised budweiser hasn't done a commercial for those seltzers where each sip you get like more fall like i don't know if you've seen these tiktoks where it's like one day after listening to oh, blah blah okay. blah yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. And uh, <laughs> I could just see it's like Brian comes back and he's now in a sweater. Yeah. Come and back next time. A- I've got one of those big round hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've completed my full transition into Ashley A S H L E E. Yeah. Have you seen yeah. that meme where like that's like the new, you know, like the Karen or Chad and Karen's, mm-hmm. you know, they're talking like the new, the new like yeah. fall version of Chad and Karen is Ashley Ash A S H L E, and you've got like the boots, the 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 cardigan and the or not not a cardigan, a a, a poncho. That's the, mm-hmm. the that that would be the Ashley movie. Poncho but, or vest. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I told you guys in the in the text message last night. I can't remember uh, with that show I was at last night, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. But like I witnessed a like heavy metal pit. To someone playing the banjo and kazoo, you texted and it that was last the time. most yeah. epic thing ever. <laughs> I'm still wrapping my brain around it. Twelve hours later, it worked. But worked. It, did, it, it didn't read correctly to me either at first because I read it as banjo and kazooie, and I'm like, that's weird. Everyone's just hunkered around the PlayStation. Yeah. Playing banjo, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they opened for Crash Bandicoot. Um, oh, that makes sense. That. Yeah, and and then actually at like one a.m., Spire the Dragon did like a surprise show. Nice. Leo sat at one in the morning. And he did a DJ yeah. set. <laughs> Spire the Dragon would be a DJ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I fuck with Spyro though. Um, in any case, <laughs> as a transition, um, we are on to the second movie of our October showdown. Which, when we don't get to pick our own movies. Uh, uh, as we mentioned, the roulette wheel picked these movies for us. Um, we are much more cordial to one another. We <laughs> are. Less, I don't think there's going to be less, yelling this time. It's less attacking. It's less. It's less. Uh, less arguing because it's kind of like the chips fall where they lie, or. It's because my Ooh. movie we knew didn't have a fucking chance. <laughs> and Steve's shaking his head yes right now. And now we're about to get into the meat of the issue. Fast forward 20 minutes and Meg and Steve here's, are going to be punching each other Here's, in the, here's face. the thing. <laughs> we knew that Brian wasn't going to win. Yeah. Brian knew that Brian no, wasn't no, going to no. win. I, wasn't in, I, I didn't have a horse in the fight. Yeah, my job. You know, as horse, the you know, well, you know horse yeah. boxing matches, right? Right. You know that old adage from horse boxing. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. yeah. But as a champion, 
It's my job to oh, convince God. Brian that my film is the best and Megs is the worst. Right. This is this is a two horse boxing I match. I think that's going to be pretty difficult at this point, dance. Steve. Classic, you know, classic one on one, false count anywhere, no holds barred horse boxing match. Yeah, this is almost it. like when they have a wrestler come be the referee. That's what this feels yeah, like right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, Right I now, am, Brian is Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, or or Mike Tyson. Remember when when, uh, or, when, yeah, when or Mike Tyson, Tyson yeah. was the, was the that was Didn't a Shawn Stone Michaels Cold, match. Uh, like referee a match at some Stone point. Stone Cold has like, ref, yeah. refereed a Stone Cold has refereed a number of matches, I believe. I think Stone Cold refereed the match yeah. that Donald Trump was in. Oh, oh yes, God. I forgot about that. Jesus Christ! I'm now upset. <laughs> the biggest blemish <laughs> in the history of the WWE. Um, that's not true. There's many blemishes. Yeah, but. Uh, listen, we're not here to talk about wrestling, uh, <laughs> although we should do a wrestling episode soon. Um, oh, sure. We are here to talk about 1995's Village of the Village Damned. Village of the Damned. So as we already established, Village of the Damned is a remake of Wolf. How do you say his last name? Rila? Ria? Or Rilla? You know, I want to say. Up, I think. Probably. I don't know. Of the same name from right 1960. And then this is based off John Wyndham's novel, the Midwich Cuckoos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really walked away from this movie being like, this movie itself reminds us why children are terrible and awful and we need to put them all on their own island forever and ever <laughs> until <laughs> my, kill, my kids, you guys can't see because you're facing here, but on the other side of my screen, my children are standing at the door staring at me right now. <laughs> Wide-eyed, gro- glowing red eyes. They're um, making you drink that seltzer right now. <laughs> yeah, that's Specifically the That's what they one. choose to make daddy do is drink booze. Um, yeah. as we, as before we jump into this, because it's an opening scene, can we just have a real quick moment of silence for the uh, helicopter <laughs> photography industry? <laughs> because I imagine <laughs> drones have decimated it. Yes. <laughs> Every time I see a scene at the beginning of a, like a helicopter mm-hmm. shot at the beginning, I'm like, this thing costs like 10 grand. Right. And somebody was rolling in cash and is no longer (laughs) it is only like if you're shooting on 8k i think i I don't know that drones have gotten to 8k okay but you have to shoot those crazy you have to shoot like crazy formats that that need a helicopter like uh, if tarantino decided to shoot 70 millimeter Mm -hmm. i think he still needs a helicopter for that (laughs) other than that it's over he seems Mm -hmm. like the kind of guy who would insist on a helicopter oh yeah yeah, yeah. but sorry completely derailed before you even start (laughs) no no i know this is i know this is gonna happen the whole time (laughs) oh you've been here before we've met No, you guys help me out, I think, sometimes. Um, so, <laughs> Village of the Dam. Um, basic synopsis, a small town's women give birth to unfriendly alien children posing as humans, which I really don't think posing is even the right word because there's nothing posing. Like, they're not They're not pretending. doing a good job of posing. They're not. Yeah. We, know, we know clearly they're, they're pretty fucked up. So, we pretty much start out with the movie every one in the city who's in the city limits to be real uh something comes over them basically almost in like a translate state everyone passes out which i don't know if you guys notice obviously we see it later but one thing i i think i mentioned that i you guys might have missed was that before you realize that one man who fell on the grill like was on the grill that was like one of the first things i was like did a dude just fall on the grill and they're just like freezing <laughs> over that right now did, he, <laughs> like, did you see it before the reveal of his yeah 
Yeah, I noticed. I, I saw him like fall on it. I was like, wait, that's good. I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but I'm glad they came back to it. Honestly, yeah, dang, I didn't even notice it. And I, this is, I think, this is only the second time I've seen this movie, um, but it's the first time I've paid attention to it. I feel like because I <laughs> yeah. remembered. Never mind. I'm getting ahead of myself. Going. Oh no, it's. Fine. I was going to say I remembered liking it, um, but. Boom. So yeah, so we're basically the beginning. We're getting ready for this big festival. We're getting introduced to some of the characters, which the like whole lineup is pretty stacked in ways like you know mark hamill which i'm also kind of curious how he ended up in this it's whole so mix weird. which is he was great in a bunch of weird shit this time i mean he yeah. was in the freaking you know he was in uh a body uh, uh body bags the john mm-hmm. carpenter um uh uh oh gosh what's showtime it was showtime, showtime but it was a uh it was a uh it's like an anthology, anthology series. Anthology, Jesus Christ! I couldn't think of the word anthology. Yeah, it was, he was he starred in one of the anthology, one of the the vignettes in an anthology called Body Bags. That John Carpenter has the greatest wraparound performance of any anthology. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Mark Hamill, dude. I, I I'm mm-hmm. always on to on board. I thought for he was Mark great Hamill. in this too. I I thought he did a great job as the the Reverend and whatnot. So I was just gonna say we're we're right at his you know, resurgence because he had mm-hmm. just started playing the Joker on. Uh, the animated series, yeah, mm. the greatest so he's voice good. acting yeah, performance, so fucking of all time. Oh, yeah, he's so good. He acts his fucking balls off in everything. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. He chews the shit out of the scenery. He reminds me a little bit of a, of a Jeffrey Combs type. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Jeffrey Combs is like one of my favorite actors of all time, and I feel like I like them both for similar reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, going into yeah, so we have. Uh, Kiersey Alley, which we meet in, in just short bit. So after everyone basically passes out and everyone's crashing into shit, the basically government is called in and uh, Kiersey Alley is leading as Dr. Susan Verner. Uh, she's leading the charge and trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. And then we also meet uh, Alan. How do you say, how would you say his last name? The Christopher Reeves character. Chaffee, Chaffee, I feel like there needs Chuffy. to be an accent. I, listen, guys, I'm Chuffy. not an expert, but I guarantee it's not Chuffy. But can we call him Chuffy? <laughs> yeah. Is that it Chuffy? That sounds like a. Uh, I had a. I had a stuffed animal growing up named Chubbles, and I feel like Chuffy would have been like Chubbles' pet. Chuffy and Chubbles. <laughs> yeah. Chuffy and Chubbles. That's pretty great. Um, it's so yes. weird to see Christopher Reeves without jet black Superman hair. I don't right? know why. It's just yeah. so strange. Yeah. Chaffy, Chaffy, not Chuffy, Chaffy. Chaffy. Yeah. You're always Chuffy to me. That's the song. That's a song I'm going to write me immediately as soon as we're done with this episode. Basically, as the government's in trying to be like, what the fuck's going on, all of a sudden people start waking up. And within, like, what is it, a month or two, basically we find out that all the women who ha- were like in this trance are now pregnant. So clearly they've been impregnated by some. Uh, we have to assume alien character at this point. Uh, yeah. So, and all like when Chrissy Alley's uh, character comes in, she's like, basically you guys can terminate this, which at the time I feel like is a pretty bold move for a movie, which I'm <laughs> curious to see how the 1960s, like I'm curious how they handled that scene. Yeah. Um, but like basically being like, you can terminate it or you can keep it and we'll do experiments and we'll give you a bunch of money. The, so. the way the way she puts across the termination, though, yeah. she's like, "We'll have a medical team in here tomorrow, 
as it, it sounds like they're bringing in like vans upon vans <laughs> yeah. to just do mass abortion. Yeah. It's well, like, I mean, the whole, pretty much, yeah. Her yeah. bedside manner could use some work. I will say <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. But I think it I worked to really establish how ruthless her character really is. Like, she does not give a shit about no, anyone. And, She's and like, you can tell, I want the experiments. No. You can tell from 50 yards she gives zero fucks because she's got about four inch shoulder pads. <laughs> she is here to fuck shit up. That is all there is to it. Is her hair or her shoulder pads? Also, she's smoking everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's smoking <laughs> in the hospital. What is she hospital. even smoking She's to? smoking like Ginny Slims in like everywhere yeah. she goes. She like delivers a baby and then just like ashes on the side. <laughs> <laughs> ashes on the placenta. Puts her cigarette out on the placenta. Yeah. <laughs> for, anybody, for, any, <laughs> for anybody who's probably like younger than 25 listening to this right now, yeah. before eating the apple was a bad guy trope. We just had everybody smoke, yeah. and whoever was smoking was the bad guy. Yeah, you're the bad guy. That's how you know. Yeah. Right. You, if you don't have um, like blatantly pointed inward eyebrows, you're yeah. smoking. You're smoking. Yeah, gotta know. Or sharp teeth. If you have sharp teeth, yeah. Or you're smoking. sharp teeth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jaws, Gosamars, both yeah. sharp teeth. Yeah, so we All the sharp bad teeth. Guy. I love how they 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 had it so narrowed down to where the line is that once you walked inside the the line of where the phenomenon was happening mm-hmm. you just passed out went to sleep yeah. so mm-hmm. much so that they actually painted a line on the ground and i wanted to be like mm-hmm. you guys have caution tape right like that was invented <laughs> back then did you really have to bring in a crew to paint a line seemed uh, aggressive <laughs> especially considering um, that paint's gonna take a while to dry. Do you really think this is gonna go on? It's only been six hours. I don't know why you have to paint. I don't know. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's an interesting observation. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. the line just for uh, some reason really stuck with me, guys. <laughs> so, getting back to this, everyone, all the women decide to keep the children. So, Christopher Reeve's character is basically now taking care of them along the way, along with uh, Susan Verner. Uh, and then I feel like it almost they definitely do a fast pace, but I always found it very interesting and in how uh, like calculated it's like, OK, well, now we're all just going to the hospital to have these babies. Now we're all driving together. Like I found that very interesting in setting in the way they're setting up and how calculated this whole situation was for, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. pregnancies and stuff. Can, can we uh, talk real quick about the church scene when Christy Alley is telling them that she's going to give them the option to have abortions or pay them thousands of dollars to have the kids yeah. and do experiments on it? Yeah. I love the, the the preacher, Mark Hamill's character, what he basically tells the crew. And, and it's a great classic town hall, rubble, 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 you know, kind of scene. But he's like, science can't help us, but God can. You know, he's like giving this whole thing. And I'm like... <laughs> yeah. And I think to myself, God, like, you know, the guy who did this to us, like, (laughs) right. And I I wrote down, as Psalms tells us, turn to your abuser for answers. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I wanted to hear the rest of his sermon because he wasn't doing a strong setup at all. Right. Yeah. I feel like if this were a midnight mass set up, this is exactly, there definitely would have been totally Jesus through. Yeah, I got midnight mass vibes for sure there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yeah, I found it, I actually really like this movie, so I'm going to keep going. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought it was yeah. fun. I'm just, yeah. It's just, it falls apart a little bit later on, but I did like the, the woman who just screams, they'll all be deformed. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, 
That is just so hilarious. And, like I indicative hard at that. I did too. It's so uh, indicative of like our current times. Even I know. I'm just felt- like somebody with no medical degree just yelling shit out, yeah. and then they had to tell her like somebody but with they a did science their own degree. Research, basically, exactly. Yeah, she did her own research and knew the babies were going to be deformed. They're all going to be deformed. <laughs> and then Christopher like, Reeve, yeah. who's the medical doctor, has to come up and go, "That's not true." What I'm do you a doctor. Do? You're an yeah. idiot. I've uh, I've been looking at the progress of the babies. They're fine. What are you doing? And then yeah. the one guy who's like really psyched because his wife and daughter are pregnant. And he's like, oh, cha-ching. Like, like, like the, when he says $6,000, he's yeah. like, oh, he, right. I, I put sunglasses I raise, on. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to keep that baby, eh? Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of my fucking money in his life. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. No, this for is sure. just such a fucking fun scene. I love the, the, the town hall you know meeting mm-hmm. yeah and i think establishing that the daughter is actually a virgin too is just like the same time is totally feeding into this like oh my god this is a spiritual she is now the virgin mary type thing you know? oh yeah mm-hmm. you could see him going in that direction real fast um which they, i think there's certain things they didn't lean into that they probably could have and i think also the way they did the timeline because we kind of know that this is somewhat of like this like alien uh situation going on is that I didn't t- wasn't totally clear with like is the time like a normal pregnancy time or did everything just kind of keep going happen like mm. are they are they growing up faster than the average child That's a question that Kate had too and I was like I know in the original movie time passes okay. and they show time pass here but they don't do a good job of of showing like how quick time passes they definitely sure. make the kids develop quicker right. but like years pass Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they don't really set up like that year. Yeah, they develop mentally quicker, but like, are yeah. they actually just aging from like one year to five years within, yeah. you know, a couple months? Yeah. Right. And I'm not trying to like destroy my chances of winning here because I still liked mine the most. Uh, Steve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, but, Steve. Uh, <laughs> fucking Steve. But because I think these children were so dangerous that I feel like if time did pass, then almost the entire town would probably be dead at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because of yeah. how many people right. they killed when they were focusing on the children. Yeah, I do think that several years have passed. Like, yeah. I do think they develop quick, but like not at, insanely quickly. You know, mentally they do, but like physically. Yeah. Yeah, five six years have passed. Yeah, it, it, I, th- I feel like it would make more sense though if only a couple months passed because yeah. then you couldn't acclimate to the kids being so fucking shitty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like there has to be like a year three yeah, where one of them understand. gets out of line and you 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 know like yeah. they get spanked for getting out of line because it's still mm-hmm. the nineties, right? And mm-hmm. then they kill that person and you go, oh. They kill people. Yeah, we they have to breezed kill them. <laughs> over a lot of that stuff, and just yeah. like like they breezed they over the fact who. that they all shop at the same Gap that only sells great things. <laughs> like like a lot of that stuff. Like they just kind of like, oh, we have come to accept. You know what I mean? Yeah. They so. go to Costco and they buy skirts in bulk. What are you <laughs> complaining about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we go pretty much. I think the next significant point is when all the children are being born, and the girl that was a virgin which i actually don't know why i didn't think about until we were sitting here talking and i'm kind of like mentally wrapping my head around stuff is that i'm curious if there was something to do with because she was a virgin that like her body couldn't really maintain that child or whatever i don't know if it seemed like it was supposed to be significant in ways just because like oh now we have this one child that like one alien baby that just isn't now born and we obviously know why that's important later um kirstie ellie's like 
we got a dead one here. Like she just think again, her fucking her bedside manner leaves a lot to be desired. Terrible. Yeah. And then she puts it in a Burger King bag and runs outside. <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it up. Uh, yeah. So we understand later she's actually watching it mature and grow because it's still like, in the, it is definitely a lot bigger. So I'm curious why it's also growing, but we'll get to that. Um, cool. Oh, when yeah. it's in the tent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it is bigger. Yeah, it's bigger. Yeah. Um, so again, we now we kind of established that there definitely is time that's gone by. And we really focus first on Barbara, which is uh Christopher Reeves wife um, and Mara. So we, we learn that she's basically like the leader of the pack here. She's mm-hmm. the one who's kind of overseeing everything, making sure everyone stays in line and protecting all of the other children. And she goes right into figuring out how to fuck these people's day up. Mm-hmm. And she's like learning how to control people, which I, ugh, that like freaked me out. So the scene that I'm referring to is Mara's in her uh, high chair and the mom is boiling water or soup or something. She's making and- it an enormous pot of carrot broth, as we do, as we all do. <laughs> like, that's a normal thing. She's cutting yeah. carrots, throwing them into a giant <laughs> four gallons of boiling water. Mm-hmm. And Mara makes her put her hand in it because she's upset about this. Which, yeah. that that was like one of the few times where you could tell, like, nothing. Like, I don't think Barbara, like did anything to Mara, but she's just like, oh, I can control you. So I'm actually going to do something super evil. Whereas I think over time they established that if you try to hurt us, we're going to hurt you. Well, and that survival. Didn't she, didn't she give her like a taste of soup and the soup was too hot for the baby or something? Yeah. Or, she, I was think that she, I took it as, cause she threw her like bowl of something on the ground. Yeah. But I took mm. it as she was learning. She was just learning like the sensory elements of like something being hot and mm-hmm. and, and felt that. And it, they were trying to demonstrate this idea that like they have no empathy. They just right. are figuring out the world around them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this whole idea of like something being hot. And she thought maybe that she gave them something hot on purpose. I, I right. I'm not entirely sure. But then she of took course, it's just yeah. like it's like a threat. Like almost like mm-hmm. almost if like you're coming here, it's just it. it you they always remind me of like maybe some sort of like beehive of sorts because they kind of all have the same like yeah, mind. They have the and hive they, and mind they going. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if one starts getting hurt in any way or is threatened, it's like okay. Okay, focus on here and we're going to fucking fuck you up. Mm-hmm. So I, I found that interesting, like how much they focused on like Barbara's relationship with Mara and like even to the point where Barbara's just now super traumatized by this whole situation. And I don't and Mara did in theory, like control her to then go commit suicide and jump off the cliff. Like, but it, yeah. it wasn't like also one of the few scenes where she they weren't in super close proximity to do that control mm-hmm. i different. took it as she she was already considering it and mm-hmm. she kind of uh, n- n- not physically speaking but pushed her over the edge kind of thing sure. to do yeah, it yeah. yeah i don't know that's how i took it yeah i just kind of took it actually as like barbara just like knew something was totally up mm-hmm. and then like went and killed herself but like Mora was able to read her mind oh. as she was killing herself and then that's like after Barbara jumps you get that weird like baby in the sky and that was a weird scene and then, but then the baby goes to sleep soundly she's like mm-hmm. oh, mama's dead hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> well then she <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because she's kind of got this grin on her face, and then she's kind of yeah. closes her closes her eyes, then opens it back up, and then yeah, the the look on her face yeah. is oh hell yeah, and then yeah, she just, she just, <laughs> just goes back to sleep. It's like mama's dead. Hell yeah, I got that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was such a weird scene. That kid's face is creepy too. Just with the even uh. without the weird white hair wig. Yeah, uh, that that was just a creepy child. To be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So now we're flash forward a little bit more where you can tell this doctor, Christopher Reeves character is like completely distraught and like very dissociated in ways from the child and just knows that like that child did something, but can't, doesn't really have the proof proof because nothing physically is happening. Um, But it's very clearly distraught and just doing whatever the child wants the, wants him to do. Um, and then we, we really focus more on one of the teachers and the mother of David. And uh, we start seeing David's character, like showcase levels of like empathy when he understands that like feeling something's missing from his life and which is the baby that ended up dying when it was born. And I kind of like how they keep continuing his character, but I also don't, I think there could have been more explained or just established to really understand how is he actually developing this empathy besides just that, like learning it, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't think, I think there's something, it could be more, but you, you wonder whether he is kind of gathered that via osmosis a little bit or, Mm. or whether it was something that, that he learned, Based on the fact that the one baby that was stillborn of the of the alien babies was they keep alluding to the fact that it was meant to be like his partner being kind mm-hmm. of and whether that has something to do with why he's developing empathy and the, and the rest of them aren't you, you don't yeah. really get clarity maybe he has that. the word now for how he like because he definitely you can tell like they establish something's missing like he knows yeah. right. that there's like almost as if it was a physical literal thing something's missing from him yeah 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 something's Um, missing and it also could be like because he doesn't have that other partner like the the other partner is not there to reinforce his own thought patterns sure Mm. so he's more open to other thought patterns because he doesn't have the the reinforcement of the hive structure yeah so yeah he doesn't have that one-to-one connection to the hive mind as much Mm -hmm. yeah and so barbara wants i think Chris Rue's character's name, Alan, uh, wants him to like step in and maybe try to help teach these kids. And it was, and he was just like, no, fuck this. They're, they're lost cause. They're evil. Like, and everyone in the town pretty much thinks this. And they see that. Yeah, at that being, point, like they're, they have all res- resigned them, themselves to the idea that these kids are going to kill us one day. Like, they, yeah, they are yeah, all like they're kind they're of going to take over. them at this point. Yeah, they're very terrified of them. And so, but it was in that interaction with David where he was like, maybe maybe there's something here that I can like step in and help do. Um, so he does go into trying to teach them. And again, this is where we learn and or see another murder. They, like I said, I'm surprised the entire town isn't already dead because of how often we see them killing people at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe because they also realize that now they're just getting pushed to the a point of like, we're so angry at you. Because I think that's kind of what's happening, too. It's like everyone's just at their wits end. Like these children are clearly showing or the signs of their 
fucking evil and nothing's gonna change that so now they're just like fuck it i'm gonna like poke you with a stick like literally <laughs> like going up to a beehive and like Ugh, well okay, you know well, and listen, you're gonna this, jump on that stick now this and die. drunk this uh this custodian at the school was the guy who we were introduced early on who was when he wanted to sneak away and get drunk um was just hanging out in the kids' classroom. It's so, so like, weird. He's not shown a ton of good judgment, but no, very not true. at all. Yeah, very true. And, and he's clearly very drunk when he gets yeah. killed. And it's like if you're on if you're on the trip of that, you're going to like yell at these kids and carry on when you know they're murderers. Like, why wouldn't you just go all the way after he smacked the kid in the face? Mm-hmm. Like, he smacked the kid in the face and then just stopped and like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. It's like, at that point, you have to be be willing to go all the way. Like, do what you can because (laughs) you're obviously dead now. Yeah, you're convinced they are. I took it as like he he had enough booze in him to Mm -hmm. to speak up about his what he was thinking was the reality you know with his suspicions but then when it push comes to shove he was like but what if they're just regular weird kids you know kind of thing but Mm -hmm. he gets it pretty good yeah yeah and the only thing i want to like miss in there too is like it's seemingly like besides them getting like special treatment for their actual education um Susan Varner, uh, she is continuously bringing them in to do studies on them and to kind of see how they're developing. And in, in watching her interactions, she is specifically like behind the scenes. She knows how to control her mind. So she knows how to work with them. She ha- she knows that this is like a huge thing for the government. So she's like definitely feeding the government agencies that are giving her money like hey no this is huge give us more money we want to keep studying these kids um but it's all for like she's not trying to help protect anyone she is simply just like this is gonna be huge this is gonna be crazy not only for my career but also for um studies and stuff like that so she definitely has ulterior motives and um yeah it's interesting yeah, it, it was it was funny because like there was like I think it's a scene between her and Christopher Reeve and he's like confronting her about those ambitions mm-hmm. and like she casually drops the MK Ultra pro- program <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah it's like well, we know the CIA gives people LSD without their knowledge and it's like yeah we do know that but <laughs> we knew that then <laughs> yeah she's just like. You have that level of clearance, right? Oh, like, you know about the MK Ultra <laughs> program, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then also in one of the days they're studying and they're checking the eyes. That's where we see the eye doctor. Basically, I oh, she basically just gets turned blind because she accidentally puts the orange drops in one of the kids' eyes, and she the, she just freaks out. And so they're you know, like, now defense, you're getting them. In the kids' defense, as an eye doctor. Um, the one thing you want to avoid doing is um, destroying people's eyes. Um, so I like how you maybe, said that, like as if you're an eye doctor. Yeah, as listen, an eye doctor. As an eye doctor, uh, what you're going to want to do is not put acid in kids' eyes. Like honestly, that's number one. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's a Hippocratic oath thing. I think. That's. A, I, I feel like it was fair play. Maybe she didn't need to like make her completely blind. But yeah, like don't put acid in kids' eyes. <laughs> On the like, first day those of are optometry school, they're probably yeah. like, guys, welcome to optometry school. Here's the <laughs> things that don't go in eyes. Acid, nails, 
glass, <laughs> sand, like fire. All bad. Those are all the things you don't put in eyes. And it's she actually missed just that like a poster day. do and don't list. Yeah. yeah. Things that are bad for eyes, 101. <laughs> Acid, glass, fire. 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 Strangely, other eyes. We don't know how it happens, but don't do it. <laughs> No eye-to-eye contact don't, here. Yeah. Don't put other eyes in eyes. It sounds <laughs> intuitive. Like you think like right. eyes and eyes. Yeah, you put you could put water in a bucket of water. Don't put eyes in eyes. Do yes. not put eyes in eyes. <laughs> and chapter two. <laughs> and next. So I think at this point, I this is where things are getting way more serious with I think the kids. They're they're trying to do more. They're like making bigger plans so they come to find that was like barn basically and they're like we need to protect ourselves like we're getting threatened by more and more people we need to protect ourselves just to kind of maintain status quote here and that's when they wrap in dr alan chefe i'm gonna call him chefe from now on point um christopher reeves character and they're like you're doing this and you're going to help us but also in that moment it must have been like I'm trying to think back because, again, this is I only got to watch this through one time. Did uh, Dr. Varner, like, give any sort of hint on how she does what she does? Because she clearly knows how to block her mind. And I don't know if it for does him. She? Like, she, yeah, they do seem to have a little bit more trouble with her, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, she was mm. just like, I can't read what you're saying. Or you're not saying, they said, like, what you're not saying out loud, what you're thinking or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were reading maybe her was... mind, but she, they were like, why do you say certain thoughts and not others? Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind so, of thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they had trouble reading her mind. It's just they were confused by the fact that she's a lying government agent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. They were confused hmm. about like why she was saying certain things because what she was coming out of her mouth wasn't matching the thoughts they were reading. Right. Because okay. again, she's the bad too. guy. And yeah. it's just like everybody else would have said what they were thinking. Yeah. yeah. Whereas she's deliberately misleading people because she's the bad guy. Yeah. And so uh, Dr. Allen like learns how to just in one moment how to block his mind which I think is like super critical part piece of this whole puzzle because we clearly understand that he uses that against the kids so he just goes along with their plan um, I'm trying to think of exactly through the timeline of shit just starts getting crazy so the kids go live in this barn they're trying to protect themselves they're, they clearly see that there's a threat happening and why am I forgetting this right now? Because it's not a good I'm movie. I'm not helping my cause here, guys. Hey, hey, <laughs> I'm not helping my cause here. And Don't like, leave this open is where... <laughs> <laughs> This is where it's just like, I think like a lot more stuff starts happening and we're just like, all of a sudden it goes from zero to 60 where um, I'm trying to, can you guys remind me? I don't know if you remember specifically why the government gets called in for that second, that major, all of a sudden shit blows up. I don't know why I'm forgetting this right she, now. Chrissy Alley reveals that like there's other colonies that yeah, this all is happening, right? Right, yeah. right. And then that they all go yeah. bad, right? Yeah. So, so, so they they, so got they catch the warning. On that this is the same thing, yeah. And then, well, yeah, they got the warning that shit started hit the fans in the other colonies around the world, and this was right around the time that this colony decided they were all going to move into the barn where they were born. Um, mm-hmm. So they had their parents all drop them off with their little briefcases and shit like it was literally one of them had a little briefcase it was hilarious um 
Kate thought these kids were hilarious, by the way. She was la- she laughed every time they were on screen. Um, but like when they dropped them off at the camp, I don't know. She thought they were so funny. She thought their hair was funny, like how they all had the same Oh, yeah, the hair is great. Um, but yeah, that's when she got, she was like, okay, they're just kind of existing out on the outskirts of town. And then mm-hmm. she was like, oh, I just got the word from like the other government agencies or yeah. the other okay. government officials who are monitoring these, that shit is hitting the fan all over the world with these people. So we're, we're evacuating the whole town. Yeah. Back on track. Yeah. So basically they were sending people in also to kind of try to destroy them too, which I clearly established that. So they're like, you need to get out now. But she also made a point to be very clear to get all of her documentation because again for her i feel like everything was just about the career and like the research and like notoriety in this whole big situation um but in that moment too she gets caught by the kids and they're like we know because i think at this point david's actively trying to be like i don't think this is right and we see all these different moments that he gets like kind of uncomfortable when they're killing other people and whatnot so but they're like maybe if we get this missing child that this will kind of keep him in check or like kind of bring the colony back together. So yeah, I, I thought this was weird because like, why did Kirstie Alley, is it Christie or Kirstie Alley? I think it's Kirstie. Kirstie. What is it? Kirstie. Kirstie. Yeah. Kirstie. Right. So why is, so I wrote Kirstie everywhere, but what, why, why would Kirstie Alley tell Christopher Reeves about the other baby and and all that like why would she reveal the whole plot to him essentially Mm -hmm. with the other colonies and all these sorts of things because like this is before shit hits the fan because one of them is his daughter right right so like uh, like he's not gonna be happy that there's that scene where she basically spills the beans to him right right and i thought to myself if i had raised this crazy little child and you let me raise this crazy little alien child and all this stuff that i've been put through not to mention my wife's suicide which was obviously a direct result of this mm-hmm. if i was christopher reeves i'd be pretty pissed off when you were like oh yeah no we knew all this was happening we just kind of let you guys you know flounder and deal with these these kids yeah. mm-hmm. like he took it remarkably <laughs> um well i guess mm-hmm. yeah he yeah. seems to be kind of chill with everything that happens yeah, his it's... wife died and she's <laughs> yeah. just like yeah. oh yeah well now that makes sense but then also another reason why she shouldn't have told him is of course she has to know that they're gonna read his mind and know that he knows now right right yeah you can't yeah you can't let that out of but the she bag. also made a point to tell him like you can't let them know that you know and i think that was part of like this catalyst for him to like totally learn how to control his mind too because he knew he couldn't reveal that he knew all this information maybe i think I would assume that she told him like one out of just kind of professional courtesy because the two of them had been working on this project from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I don't I kind of felt like I got the sense that she was trying to groom him to like join the government. I think also she needed Maybe. help in ways. I think she yeah. like because the children were getting stronger and things were changing. And I feel and like it's a town she, full of bumpkins. Yeah. And and he's, he's like literally <laughs> he's the only, the only one that can read. Person. Yeah. And he, pretty much. And I'm pretty sure he is like one of the few people who can like actually actively maybe help her out. Yeah, I mean he's mm-hmm. Superman. Yeah. He's pretty- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that to come up and never really got brought up. I don't know why he just didn't use his superpowers. 
<laughs> I don't know why he didn't fly away and just hit those kids. Because he doesn't have black hair yet. So. Huge plot hole. He didn't throw his daughter into the sun. It didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so stupid. Why didn't you just fly around the earth stupid backwards dummy. and turn back time? Yeah. Why didn't you turn back time and then do the abortions? Stupid Superman doctor. <laughs> stupid asshole Superman doctor dick. Yeah. Sorry, Meg. This is <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm just going to blame uh, any sort of me forgetting certain things on you guys. Just always cutting me off. You know, this is, this is how I'm going to win this. No, 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 no. No, no it's, no, it's you forget things and then we just try to make this movie better by adding Superman Doctor. That's all right. We're going to do it to Steve, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, clearly shit's going down south. So, Yes. Let me get back on track. Dr. Alan Sheffay um, figures out. He starts having to, he knows he has to help the kids bring them and get them out of town. He also realizes that shit's about to hit the fan and he needs to do something about it. So he comes up with this like plan that he can control his mind around them. So he is pretty much the only one who can save this town in ways. And he also had had conversation with Barbara so that they knew that David was special and David was different and that they didn't want to like hurt him because he was different from the other kids. So he does everything. He brings basically dynamite to where the children are hanging out and is blocking his mind the whole time. Barbara comes in, they're trying to get David out, but they recognize that like they find out she's there. Of course, we have this whole like interaction, but long story short, they get David out and within just seconds, the children are able to break through um, Dr. Allen's mind and see that there's bomb. But in that second blown up, kids are dead, mm-hmm. which else? Yeah. Su- Superman suicide bombs, all these white haired kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm willing bomb. to give conceit to Dr. Superman having a lot of powers. <laughs> But at what point does he learn to build a wily coyote bomb <laughs> with with, with, it, with an old hey, tiny alarm clock? A, alarm clock and all. They're in a small town. They are all jack of all trades. This is where I'm going with this. I'm creating a spot for it. It makes sense to me. Listen, he can I'll do whatever he wants. My Smart grandfather. Guy. Quick side note that is going to completely legitimize this. My grandfather, who is a he was a uh, a union spokesperson, and he would like organize a bunch of the. Uh, the um the strikes of all the mm-hmm. the uh, with the mill that he worked in you know so mm-hmm. they would be striking against you know the bosses for holding out for better pay or whatever there was a guy who they called dynamite joe who Jesus. was an amuni- <laughs> was like a munitions expert and one time came to one drunk to one of the uh the rallies one of the one of the strikes um with a giant trunk full of dynamite set up to explode and he was going to drive his car into the mill and blow up the mill so holy shit the point <laughs> oh is and God. they had to go like no no joe no no and like go go home go to bed dynamite joe so my point is small town folks uh know what to fuck around with dynamite like they yeah, know about I mean, it's it. the most basic type of thing you could have there you're like yeah let's just have ammunition on hand it would have been better be if you would have one of those big cartoony things. plungers like yeah been awesome. <laughs> no, i like i believe that uh, somebody in that town would do would know how to do it i just don't believe that he knows how to yeah he, he doesn't seem like the dynamite joe of this town <laughs> yeah. yeah you're right you're right he's a doctor yeah he's, he's his whole thing is do no harm yeah and i'm pretty sure building why the coyote bar- bombs is harm <laughs> Typically speaking. I think you're reaching right he now. He should have been on roller skates. I think when you're he just did reaching. It. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the fact that he didn't have a rocket strapped to his back, pushing yeah. him through the barn. Yeah, it was pretty escape. dark, though. Yeah. But he did do a great... I feel like it was great. He still well, at least thought enough that it needs to be in his doctor bag, because they wouldn't have questioned his doctor bag, okay? But they did... <laughs> I think you're his, reaching, Steve. I'm gonna I, go with I, that. I like the, the... Okay, the bomb can see whatever. But he has this all hinging on the old... Hey, David, can you go get my notebook out of the car? Like, right. <laughs> That's his big plan. Yeah. I've built a bomb. I'm going to suicide bomb these alien children. Um, I am Dr. Superman. Um, how do I get David out of here? Hey, David, might if you go grab something out of my car for me? Like, that's a lot to put on that, that, that ruse. And it, even in the time period that it would take him to do that, like, David isn't going to leave the barn and then go, oh, I get it, wink, yeah. Yeah, right. and then stay outside. He's going to go out and then look for a notebook, yeah, not very find it, and then come children. back in. They're very yeah. literal get, children, get, yeah. Get goddamn suicide <laughs> Right, he goes, I found, your do- I found your notebook, doctor. Let's get on with the lesson. Yeah. And then kablooey, then they all die anyway. Oh, man, that, that whole, like push and pull of them trying to read his mind and him putting up the brick wall and and all that while also you know you, you, i don't know if you mentioned but but uh what's her name um the the oh the character who who was um the teacher to start out with boy what's barbara. her name oh barbara. david's mother barbara jill. comes in yeah david's mother comes in is trying yeah, to that's take jill. Bar- that's jill i think mm? well whoever comes is in it? is trying to take no, so. david i'm pretty sure it was the teacher yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think me, no, Barbara. Barbara is I'm... Superman's wife. Oh yes, yeah, not two. Barbara. I feel like no. I feel like there were two Barbaras. Let me double check. So I'm gonna. If double there were two Barbaras, fast. you lose. This the... game is <laughs> this is over if there's two Barbaras. There I'm are sorry. not two Barbaras. <laughs> no, I know there's not two Barbaras. But yeah, <laughs> it is Jill. It's, it's David's it's Jill? mother. It's Jill. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm gonna look at her. Yeah, because yes, okay. I was calling her Barbara, so my bad. No, that's right. David's mother, when she comes in and she's trying to take David and then he's like, no, over here. And then they turn to him and try to read his mind. Then it's like, grab him. No, wait, no, now she's going to grab him. It was like this push and pull. That had to be a bizarre film to shoot. Yeah. Because all these kids just look at you and then he goes, ah, and he like, you know, it just was <laughs> such a strange scene to be the climactic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But. I did not remember. I did not remember the suicide bombing of uh, of of the barn, like as a part yeah. of this movie. But <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, th- how- I think I think the five minutes before that is even more mm-hmm. interesting, though. Where like it's this building of like the cops show up to shoot the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then like one cop gets turned and starts shooting that cop, and then that more was cops a pretty show brutal up. scene. Yeah. yeah, and then they then the military comes and starts. They all start. They all turn on each other. Right. Yeah. So right. It's what what Christopher Reeve's character. Um, decided, you know, or, or I guess um, a predicted, he was like, it's going to be a bloodbath, you know what I mean? They're just going to turn everybody against each other. But you know what? If you put a helicopter on screen and you make it crash, show me the crash. Yeah. That's the most, let, <laughs> yeah. biggest letdown ever yeah. is an off-screen helicopter crash. Yeah. There's there's so many Maybe good explosions they, anyway, too. Yeah. yeah. They didn't want to blow their load on that one. Apparently. I guess, I you guess, know. I guess so. But like that would have been the time to do it. That really was, you know, almost the climax of the movie, right? I mean, right mm-hmm. after that, it's the the climax ended up being the 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 mental struggle between the kids and Christopher Reeves or Doctor Superman, uh, as he's come to be come to be called. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, classic ending. Yeah, Superman is the hero by suicide bombing a bunch of mm-hmm. white-haired kids. I mean, yep. you know, we've and all then, seen it before. Yeah. And then Not David, his worst I, plan. <laughs> of course, Jill and David get away. They go. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was a f- fun, interesting movie in that, I don't know, super creepy as well. So, I don't know. Yeah, I thought that I I mean I think that the 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 most effective scene to me was when they they return the favor um and autopsy Christy Christy Ree, or Chris Christy Alley's character mm-hmm. um make her perform mm-hmm. an, an autopsy right. on herself yeah. essentially. Um mm-hmm. that was a pretty creepy scene. Um a lot of the kills and because they're essentially making people the happening themselves, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> like that's what they keep doing to people. Um, it, a lot of those were were fairly effective. Some of them were like they took it an extra length when they didn't have to. Like, why don't you just make the 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 drunk janitor just do a face plant off the roof or do like you know what I mean? Like, why does he mm-hmm. have to hold his mop up to go through his torso? Mm-hmm. Because like, he hit because he hit the kid with the. Right. He hit the kid with the mop. I know, but like so you have the to get, you angle have to be, that would have to yeah. be achieved for that to happen <laughs> is far fetched. Is all same same reason of like the guy with the truck, like the one kid's dad who comes to take her, and they make him run. First of all, hot hot city planning tip, guys: don't put a giant propane tank at a T right in front right? of a T <laughs> on a road. So if somebody blows through the T, they explode. But like that sort of stuff is just like. They, you could have just made them drive into a lake. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, mm-hmm. I get yeah, it. You dude, have to... they never had an icy road at that juncture? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah, California. So... Probably not. No, <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, um, listen, this might be controversial. If I see a group of creepy little white-haired kids all dressed alike walking in a um, you know, two single-file lines on the side of the highway by themselves, um. I'm going to swerve and run him over, guys. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, I might be incriminating myself, but that is probably going to happen. Well, hold on. Depends. Are they facing away from you or facing towards you? Because if they're facing towards you, don't take the chance. That's true. I would mm. have to don't sneak make you, up. They they would, make you blow yourself up. They would make you veer. Yeah. yeah. They would definitely make yeah. you do something different. And don't think about anything else. Like, don't think about doing it either. Because then they'll <laughs> hear that. They'll yeah. hear it. Uh, I have a question. See, this is creepy. <laughs> I have a what? question what scene? Re- regarding, what scene? well, just what? regarding the haircut. Does this mean Sia can read our minds and make us kill ourselves? Or <laughs> yeah, okay. I, just I, the power is in the haircut. The power yeah, is definitely. in the do for sure. So I just want to make sure not to fuck with it's Sia a tell for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. just okay. one of the reasons not to fuck with Sia. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Meg, um, uh, no, nope. this, this was a nice made-for-TV film. Um, <laughs> wow! It, it I feel like feel, that's like that hurts. Like that it was feels mean. like it should should be maybe an episode of the Twilight Zone or yeah. or or you know something like that. But just the way it's filmed, like maybe it's just because of the time, but like it mm-hmm. really feels like an ABC afternoon movie or like a Stephen King, uh, you know, like The Stand from mm-hmm. the '90s. And just tales, like tales from the dark side, something yeah, like that. Yeah, just just something about the film grain and just the way it's filmed, and like the way it's mostly in daylight, and there's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of like uh, motivated lighting. Like it, it's mm-hmm. not it's not there's not a whole lot of creepiness to it, like the way you see with other films. So, I almost yeah. I, I 
the only thing I would say, like, because I can see that this, I think, even could have been a really good show or like a multi, like, um, like if it was made for TV, I could see it being like something. Like a miniseries. I, yeah, miniseries of sorts. But I think some things that I think helped make it creepier is that, and I feel like maybe we've talked about this before of like, I think there's something about certain horror things that happening during the day that have like a different sort of chill factor, you know, cause it's like very blatant out in the open and it's not something you normally see. Like, I think a lot of horror does just happen when it's darker and kind of creates that image in your mind. Whereas like, I still felt like there were like a certain creepiness to what the children were capable of doing because it's also happening during the day. It's like, yeah, there is a creepy kid thing. And I think it is like, I'm not even a creepy kid fan. And I did find the kids creepy. Um, They get creepier when you start to understand like what they're capable of a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because otherwise just like glowing, you know, white haired, glowing eyed kids aren't necessarily creepy. But when you see like how, kind of vindictive they are especially mm-hmm. with the 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 Kirstie alley you know autopsy thing and the the you know throwing them off the roof and everything like it's not just they're like disappearing people mm-hmm. um when they start to do like real brutal shit i'm like okay mm-hmm. like this is kind of creepy but i agree i think it would work better as a tv show because it has mm-hmm. that it has that again also kind of the stephen king setup of like an entire village afflicted by this mm-hmm and I feel like we miss out a lot of what, like the other. There's a there's a whole bunch of threads that are just mm-hmm. kind of left unpursued because mm-hmm. there's that one woman who like is like she had the miscarriage and like she's getting drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's the, the one drinking in the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. and I, you didn't I get much for her. I was like, listen, been there, sister, but I I did not <laughs> like getting hammered in a graveyard. But what? Like, yeah, we didn't get much about much more yeah. about her at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. But you don't you don't get a whole like the the whole town doesn't feel fleshed out very mm-hmm. well at all. No, it seems like there's no one there. Even when like the mob comes to like attack the kids with their torches and and two by mm-hmm. fours, and I was like, I know y'all got guns. You're coming out yeah. here with two by fours. <laughs> like, what yeah. is this? Are you is this fucking hacksaw Jim Duggan? Fucking uh, <laughs> candlelight visual? Like, what are you guys doing? In defense doing? of that, it's like they know it's like they're kids in ways and is even if they know that they're evil and so you're saying they were bluffing get, with the torches no yeah. i just i you just think bluff. they weren't i just think they're, to a certain extent why would they bring out their guns like i think it wasn't a full serious thing until that they would actually want to kill these children but they'd rather try to scare them almost in ways because they're like you can't scare these them are they kids. would know you can't do that they, i these think are still it was children. a torch i meg meg i <laughs> do not think that was the case. I think they were down to kill the kids. Mark Mark Hamill, the preacher, the yeah. most the, the most supposed had, godly person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He, had a he went to a gun. Yeah. So there's no way Dynamite Joe wouldn't drive his exploding car into those kids. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just it was ill-advised the mob scene and when the mob scene is like and I get it, the town had been evacuated technically at that point and these were just the hardcore ones that are staying behind that are like we're not giving our town over to 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 a bunch of crazy martian babies um but if you're those people you got guns you got mad guns motherfuckers got guns <laughs> right so, sure. all the other yeah. with all the other things that they would have been afraid of at that time 
that they Maybe, would use their guns a, here's on. Another, yeah. let me, here's another thing in defense. I'm going to say why they didn't have guns. I'm going to keep going with this, guys. <laughs> I know, you try. Try. <laughs> Well, they knew the kids were at that barn. They're, maybe they were going with the torches. They're just like, we're just going to motherfucking burn this place down. Yeah, yeah. They also got guns in them, gun racks, and then pick up yeah. trucks. <laughs> they they would have had guns yeah. to make sure any stragglers who tried to get out of the barn would have been maybe shot. Maybe they were yeah. packing. We just couldn't see well, it. Well, and they're also like, at this point, because this is before the big old, uh, uh, you know, um, the copter and the uh, the the tank there wasn't a tank but it was like no a tank. big bus it was a bus yeah. right why they brought the bus a i don't bus. know yeah prison bus and and the cops come this is before that so i guess the cops were like off in a different area kind of rallying the troops like and then mm-hmm. the townspeople came like i would just be like where are the cops in this instance like when the townspeople are walking through the street with torches like there's yeah. not one cop floating around um but yeah, I, well, and, and, even when those cops first show up, like they point the guns at the kids and then the one cop says to the other, you know what your orders are and like your orders are to shoot those kids. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, they've like, already reserved to like, yeah, we about to blast at these kids. Yeah. But like also where was why is it just like local cops and what appears to be some like uh, National Guardsmen or state militiamen or something? It's like, where's the fucking real life Mulder and Scully? Like, where is, is the FBI? Kirstie is Kirstie Alley is the Mulder and Scully. I mean, yeah, see, yeah Kirstie Alley yeah, was the Kirstie was that, Alley was just that? smokes like her. Her whole fucking thing is like she's got an alien just in the basement by like the cleaning supplies. Like, yeah. <laughs> Where, where's the government? I feel where's like this is turning right now, Brian, and I think you are attacking the wrong people. No, this isn't. <laughs> honestly, this is a bad movie. Um, but you know oh what? It's bad. It's bad. It's poor. It's poorly it's right. made. It has so many, so many there, uh, plot holes. Um, Brian's there's, completely there's, right, though. They're, yeah. they're like at wow. this point, clear and present danger had already come out, yeah. and that film features a lot of the satellite tech of spying on the cartel. There's no way the government wouldn't be able to satellite spy on crazy, scary children yeah. without them knowing. Yeah, I mean, listen, Meg, let me be clear as well. Steve's movie's bad too, but this is a bad movie. This is a bad movie. Um, I liked parts of it. I thought there were creepy parts. I thought there mm-hmm. were effective parts. Kirstie Alley is a bad, she's bad at acting. She's mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. She she's does a bad job. Back to, um, back, to, yeah. back to the TV movie thing. Yeah. yeah. Aside from Mark Hamill, everybody stinks. Really? <laughs> Christopher Reeves, Kirstie uh, Alley is bad and Christopher Reeves can't carry the rest of it. He's mm-hmm. okay at best. Yeah. Um, Mark Hamill is the only good actor and he's not, <laughs> he's barely in it. He's like um, three scenes. <laughs> yeah, it's really. I needed more Mark Hamill. I needed less Kirstie Alley. I kind of um, wish Mark Hamill would have been the doctor. He would have been great. Would have been, been a thousand percent better movie because Chris. But Reeves I think you needed is, the tall guy. Yeah. You needed the tall guy. The tall guy who was like kind of like the local, you know, uh, local boy done good, you know, mm-hmm. and Mark Hamill was going to be the unhinged person. You got when you get <laughs> he does have get, crazy eyes and voice. When you get Christopher mm-hmm. Reeves connected to the movie, you got to put him in the starring, the mm-hmm. male starring role. I get it, but he could not carry it, he couldn't do it. No, he couldn't do it. No, this, this, this is another like the same way Ghost of Mars was like a vehicle that uh, like a bunch of people were like, well, at least Natasha Henstridge, she was trying to hold on to her like clout. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this film was a way for you know, Christopher Reeve and Kirstie Alley to hold on to their clout. Because, I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious because, yeah. like, I feel like this wasn't one of her last films, though. It wasn't so one I, of her last that, like, films, but she doesn't. She she's never really been. She, like, I mean, she's star. never been good in anything. She yeah. she played a decent supporting role in Cheers. Yeah. Um. And yeah. You know. And then what? What was the other one she was in? Um. Is it Designing Women? Is that what she's in? No. It was. It no, was a show called Women. Fat Actress on like Showtime. That was like her big starring role for years. No, but, but like she was mm-hmm. in a supporting role on another like '90s sitcom. Wasn't Star she? Trek. Um, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I need to not designing women. Dang it. No. Anyway, she's that's Delta she, Burke. You don't talk yes. bad about Delta Burke. <laughs> no, I'm not. I know Delta. It's not Delta Burke. But it was something like that. I'm like thinking of like a news radio era type of show that I'm trying to imagine that she was on, and I'm not being able to place oh, it right look. now. But but anyway, yeah, she she, she she's it. pretty bad. I mean, just yeah. generally speaking. Um, but I she, feel like she just was still classic for like in the nineties and stuff like that. You still learn a lot of. Well, yeah, because she, she was in Look Who's there. Talking. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was like a big one too. List, look Who's really Talking. Yeah. House. Oh, Veronica's Closet. That's what you're thinking. That's of. what mm. I'm thinking of. Yes, yes, I absolutely because yeah. that's why I was saying designing women. I feel like there was a there was a fashion element that I was yeah, that yeah. I was missing, mm-hmm. but um, in any case, anywho. Final thoughts on uh, on uh, Village of the Damned. Hey, for a TV movie, it's okay. And uh, for <laughs> oh uh, I was more talking to Megan, but you. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was waiting on like more so you guys for the final thoughts. I I really I actually walking away from all three of these movies like this. I genuinely had fun. I feel like watching this one in ways because I felt like there was like certain creep factors and had more of slight like original plot to it you know with like how the kids like how they brought that into it so we can dive more into it when i get to talk shit on steve here in just a few (laughs) minutes Eh, wink the champ the defending champ is going to bring up the uh bring up the rear here with the ward from 2010 steve it's all you champ is here (laughs) champ is here (laughs) not for long uh we'll see (laughs) So yes, The War 2010, John Carpenter's last film. So be respectful. Be respectful. Mm. <laughs> it's his last film. His last mm. film so far. I mean, he could so come, far. Out of, come out of uh, retirement. We'll see. I think we'll he see. has to. He has to. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like he's way into being just kind of a synthwave dude now. Yeah. He does his concerts. He gets to do the music for the new Halloween movies. He just likes to chill, do synthwave, hang out with, uh, you know, what's that one band? Uh, Gunship. I'm not familiar. I was going to say LCD Sound System. So no, no, no. That's how no, far off it. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a uh, synthwave band called Gunship. Check them out. They're pretty good. Uh, they, he's like, uh, they sampled him on one of their tracks. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what he does now. He doesn't do movies. So the, the word is the last one. Yeah. That's it. It's over. <laughs> it's a strong finish. Strong I, I finish. was going to say, I feel like he had to, that had to be because if he, like, it was such a disappointment that, like, <laughs> what else could he actually do at that point? Well, I don't <laughs> so much feel like that this one was the disappointment, but it was really that Ghost of Mars really put him off film. And then he tried, he, he tried this one as a comeback. 
and mm-hmm. you know people weren't having it but you know it's nice because he came back he made a film that actually looks like a film that didn't belong on abc saturday <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't oh, I see. It, this one, I see. This yeah. one it belonged on sci-fi channel <laughs> <laughs> yeah, belonged on Sci-Fi Channel, but hey, still looked like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, pretty strong actors in this film. Uh, we have Amber Heard, whatever you may or may not think of her. And uh, one of my favorite character actors is uh, Jared Harris. That guy's great. The guy who plays the doctor in this film. Mm-hmm. That guy's yeah. great. I do like yeah, him. He's uh, in a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a great character actor. And then there's a TV show called The Terror. He's on the first season of. You should really check it out. It's a mm. fucking great show. Mm. Um, and then we also have uh, Mamie Gummer. Uh, you may or may not recognize, but she is Meryl Streep's daughter. So she definitely has some pedigree as an actress. Which character does she play? She plays Emily. So kind of the... We'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but she's kind of the more um, excitable one. She's the you know the, the yeah, yeah. goofier you know, uh, I would say more manic. Yes, the, yes. Yep. Of the group. But yeah, just to get into the film, uh, The Word 2010, it starts with Amber Heard running from the police and burning a house down, which, I mean, may or may not be a character thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could just be Amber Heard. <laughs> she just says what she does. I actually yeah. went as far as to pause this, go back, rewind and pause it to see what was written on her palm. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, they just tell you. Yeah, they just tell <laughs> pretty you pretty quickly. So it's just, it's just the address of the house. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Amber Heard is uh, she burns the house down and then is quickly taken in, kicking and screaming by the police, and then the police take her to a psychiatric hospital where she is committed for her own good because she's burning houses down, running around in her panties. That's mm-hmm. somewhat dangerous behavior. <laughs> it's usually frowned upon. <laughs> no, most not great. Yeah. Also, she doesn't seem to remember. Anything except her name, Kristen, and everything else is a blur to her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the amnesiac burning houses down. We got to, you know, investigate this. Can't <laughs> we need can't, to have a conversation? Yeah. You Somebody's have to sit down with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Have to sit down with somebody. So, yes, she's committed to this hospital, uh, the North Bend Psychiatric Hospital, and she is under the care of Jared Harris's character, but she's committed to a ward with a handful of other women and mm. we've talked about emily played by mamie gummer and then there's a couple other girls in there they all have like different character personalities but there's sarah zoe and iris and that's sarah's kind of more the the flirty type and then iris is like the nerdy type and then zoe is like a child in many ways mm-hmm. so yeah uh through this they're the charlie's angels of this ward basically is what pretty much yeah yeah (laughs) they own this ward this is their town and uh, (laughs) Kristen is being committed with them in a lot of ways the film becomes like the classic one flew over the cuckoo's nest you know it it is that strong (laughs) please do not mention (laughs) those two films in the same i'm like that's that's bold that's real bold (laughs) these these patients um, which it'll come spoiler. It'll come around later as to why maybe you can suspend your disbelief a little bit on this, but mm-hmm. they are all way too good looking and way too put together with way <laughs> yeah. too much makeup and way too much hair done up yeah. to be yeah. um, inmate or not inmates patients in this 
psychiatric hospital, or just even in 1966. There's yeah, nobody as yeah. yeah. There's nobody as good looking as Amber Heard in 1966. They <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> just never existed. They didn't make them then. Yeah, yeah, they just didn't make them like that back then. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it is it, that is one of the first kind of most jarring, and it just like even as being even if it wasn't Amber Heard, it, she's still like. Not very like distressed or dirty when she's committed. Like her hair is very Hollywood when she. I feel like she I legit know. It took had me dreads. Out of it so hard. Honestly, yeah. I thought she had dreads. I was she like, did, yes. did she the just hair come was from a, a rave? little bit like, disheveled looking? But yeah, her makeup was like pristine, and she had mm-hmm. just ran through the woods and burned a house down. Right. Yeah, yeah she's a little too put together for you know being dragged off the streets and thrown into a psych ward. Mm-hmm. I get that. That's fine, but. Like you said, you can suspend disbelief because of the turn at the end. And that's sure. what we'll go with. <laughs> we'll lean heavy into that. But back to, the one, uh, back to the analogy of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. You have an outsider being committed and she has to, you know, gain favor with the group. And then she does. Like, they become friends. They get to learn about each other. But she's still very much a rebel and trying to escape. Much like Jack Nicholson's character was as well. And they both... <laughs> find themselves this is you know, shameful steve i'm like real upset <laughs> you should feel ashamed of yourself to compare these two movies this is like what i like about what he's doing right now is that this is like what he's got he's like if you think about one flew of the cuckoos next maybe you'll like my film a little bit more <laughs> let's talk about a good movie <laughs> right hey shut up none of, none of you uh, dummies figured it out to, to talk about a better movie i don't have the balls to do it i guess you, you could have very easily talked about better movies none of you did. when i think about you know this ghost is, that's of a mars it immediately takes me to casablanca and here is why uh <laughs> You can't you can't say that the Martians are the Nazis. You can't. I'm not letting that. Yeah. But yeah, but in a lot of ways there is still just I the film is it's obviously not great, but it has just a lot of the same kind of hallmarks and trappings of other films that you see that occur in psychological hosp- psych hospitals. Mm-hmm. You know, there there you have the nurse who's kind of shitty, you have the orderly who's like a big dickhead. You have uh you know Kristen is obviously put through a number of different treatments, including electroshock therapy. Um, and then you have just kind of like the camaraderie of the girls on the ward. You know, they, they, they do actually have like decent chemistry, I feel like, especially between Kristen and Emily. Zoe's character gets a little grating with her uh, childlike uh, behavior. It's, it's genuinely little grading is maybe the biggest <laughs> understatement in the fucking world her character is insufferable it is hilarious when she runs though because she runs like a toddler why <laughs> oh my god there were but such so bad funny. decisions being made there oh good god we'll I, get into I it, genuinely Zoe, love the way she <laughs> when go they're ahead, running down the hallway when they're trying to escape yes it's yeah. fucking comical kate and i were <laughs> laughing out loud i genuinely love the way she kicks her feet out like a dope <laughs> Yeah, and runs like sides, a child. Like, yeah, yeah, she runs like bow legged. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. so bad. <laughs> but uh, of course, through all this, it isn't just your normal psych hospital film. It's a ghost story as well. Mm-hmm. Because the entire time, Amber Heard is being haunted by some ghost within her cell, within the ward, in various places. 
Uh, you even have a nice tasteful shower scene. It's tasteful. <laughs> I suppose it is, yes. For, t- it, it, for 2010, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, he, John Carpenter doesn't like, you don't really see any butts or boobs in it. So, like, mm-hmm. he's filming, he filmed everything tastefully. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, unnecessarily gross or lingering. And So this is nowhere, not a slasher movie. Just no, FYI, this no, is not... <laughs> Nope. Oh wow! So, it's a ghost right. story. Sorry, you're it's you're still, uh, you're still it's still, it's still, it's still oh, the wounds slower. are still the wounds are still open, guys. That's, That's fine. All <laughs> but no, you're right. It's not a slasher film. <laughs> guys, that it's was a callback to a previous episode. <laughs> go back Let's to showdown. Go back to September showdown. <laughs> yeah. Find out why Brian is salty. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, be salty like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the and the ghost is you know showing up and attacking her and. You know, she is trying to convince the doctor and the nurse and everybody else involved that she's being attacked and haunted by a ghost on the ward. But they're not having it because they obviously believe that, of course, somebody in a psychiatric hospital is going to have visions of a ghost. That's part of her diagnosis that we now have to put together. So, yeah, generally just kind of put off and ignored. But she you know, resolves herself to escape as all strong women would. Cause mm. you know, she can't be held down. Um, I'm I'm trying, held to down by no man. <laughs> trying to reach for another movie. I was trying to think, Oh, uh, like girl interrupted. There we go. Yeah. Oh this is God. just, okay. So during this movie, mm-hmm. Kate, cause I've never seen girl interrupted. Oh. Yeah. Kate said she, cause she, she, uh, spoiler alert, Kate thoroughly hated this movie. She was like, this is, fucking trash and the whole time she kept going they are desperately trying to put on girl interrupted vibes she was like i want mm-hmm. you to watch girl interrupted right after this so you see how much they're desperately trying to rip this off and i and i don't have a frame reference i've never seen it but she mentioned that multiple times uh, i mean or, or you know gothica with halle berry we could reference sure, that too sure yep. yeah i haven't seen that one but this is just like league of their own guys just like it just like it <laughs> um yeah, it, overall, the, the film kind of progresses just like half ghost story, half, you know, kind of psycho- psychiatric war drama. Uh, it's not until that one of the other members of the ward crew is killed. And I believe it's Sarah that gets it first. Isn't that it? She, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because then they're out looking for Sarah after yeah. that, right? Yeah, so Sarah is... Yeah, Sarah is dragged off by the ghost and given the full-on lobotomy spike mm-hmm. to the through to the, the eye. Yeah, yeah, right through the eye, and that's when it becomes real that the ghost is a threat to all of them. It's not just all in Amber Heard's head, mm-hmm. and then you learn, ooh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all plagued by this the ghost. Is, this is where you get that that like the first look at the kind of like because there was a, there was a couple creepy scenes before that, but then this is where you get that. Mm-hmm. I think the first looked at that like weird soft edged CGI <laughs> from from like 2001. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's it's fucking really bad CGI. It's very, I'm not very gonna, bad. Sorry to like pause that for a second. I mean, not that it really matters because we really understand this movie isn't that great. I feel like Iris was the one who died first because wasn't it right after her um, 
she goes to her uh oh yeah you know what you're right it's it's, yeah it's it's iris who gets it through the eye yeah Mm -hmm. you're right (laughs) yep meg you're right i forgot yeah because then they're going and looking for iris after them Mm -hmm. not sarah yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's because iris is iris is getting better and she's supposed to be the one who's going to leave the hospital first right Mm -hmm. so and so and that's why they're like well maybe she did get out maybe she didn't get out no one leaves the hospital and then they go out looking for her and luckily in the cell is the easiest lock to pick in history (laughs) you just need a knife and you just twist it a little bit and it pops right open here's the thing they don't get into amber Heard's character that you don't know Mm -hmm. but it's pretty well implied uh she's a magician yeah, I guess <laughs> she's also she's some sort, but the thing is she's not a criminal mastermind by any means no. because listen maybe wait more than zero seconds before you attempt your escape from the time the guy walks away from the door like he's like all right good night she's like okay good night the second she's out of he's out of you she pops up and starts trying to pick the lock it's like yeah you are not a criminal mastermind. Right. By any stretch the but she no, she's not. She's a magician, and you can see that all through her character. Yeah, sleight she's of a hand type. Yeah, yeah. She has sleight of hand when hiding her pills. She's <laughs> great at escaping sca- straitjackets. <laughs> she can pick locks. All I actually felt like that was things. a really great way to how she got out of her um, straitjacket. That I was like, you know what? If I ever end up in a straitjacket. I'm gonna remember that, you know. Exactly. When, Find a way to cut the straitjacket. I put that. I put that. <laughs> <laughs> That's November showdown. Who can escape? We're done with movies. We're just doing straitjacket escape. You put a, we're going to build a shed in my yard, set it on fire, throw each of us in there with a straitjacket and see who gets out. Who's Jim the, now? Huh? The stakes go super high in November, guys. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Iris does get it first. Uh, and then it goes uh, Zoe, or then it goes Sarah, Emily, and Zoe are mm-hmm. all eventually captured and killed by the ghost and throughout this you learn that there was somebody on the ward well there's actually two people on the ward before Kristen showed up tammy and alice mm-hmm. and uh Kristen discovers her first night there she finds like a charm bracelet that's all broken up and it has like the words alice on it uh but you know, she doesn't put it together till later when she finds Zoe's rabbit that Zoe carries around all the time has the uh, words A-H on the bottom heel. And then she finds the words Alice Hudson written somewhere else. And mm-hmm. she puts it all together and she goes, oh, who was Alice Hudson? Mm-hmm. And she has to start asking and investigating that now. It's another new mystery for mm-hmm. her to solve yep. in her, you know, strenuous life. On top of everything, well, it's another, she has it's something else to not happen. She has the weight of the world on her shoulders because she doesn't know her own past, but maybe this will help her discover her past by discovering the mystery of the ward. More questions, still no answers. I get it. I get it. What you find out is that Alice was a member of the ward as well as another female named Tammy. And apparently Alice had been abusing everybody on the ward, Emily, Tammy, Sarah, Zoe, etc. She had been abusing them all. And so they had come up with a plan, much like in Full Metal Jacket, where they punish. uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, Private Pile. Private Pile, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Much where they punish Private Pile to keep the group together. (laughs) So so they did the equivalent of the the, um, pillowcases full of bars of soap Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with her. But they they just took it a little too far and they accidentally killed Alice. Sure. 
Yeah, they just went too far. Yeah, they went too far. It's a pretty aggressive accident. Yes, (laughs) this is a little aggressive. Yeah, they killed (laughs) Alice, and then Alice is the one that you find is the ghost that's haunting the ward. She had already killed Tammy before Kristen arrived. She's now killed Iris, and she's on that after Sarah's death. That's when uh, Kristen. Emily and Zoe all decide to escape and on their in their grand escape Emily is killed it looks like a suicide so again the people on the ward are not going to believe her the nurse and the doctor they're not going to believe any of this is going on they can't even find Iris or Sarah Mm -hmm. and now Emily looks like she's committed suicide so they have to come up with a plan to escape and one, it's one of the great mastermind plans. Mm-hmm. Even though she's not a mastermind overall, she comes up with a great plan to take Zoe hostage to make it look like Zoe's in danger. But Zoe's not in danger. You have to understand. That's how great the plan is. Yeah, it's flawless. <laughs> it's flawless. <laughs> no escape. She's just going to I... walk outside and then go, bye. And just go out <laughs> into the woods. I love every ounce of what's happening right now because Steve's just using really great words. Yes. <laughs> He's like mastermind. So has Sarah words. Has Sarah I have the best yet? words. <laughs> have I have all these Steve? words. They're so great. <laughs> have we got to Sarah's death with the electrocution? Has she died yet? I, yeah, I kind of, yeah. I kind of passed over it, but yes, yeah, that could Sarah. have been so good. Could've like been. you had an opportunity for an exploding head and you didn't do it. I was I was looking for exploding eyeballs in or that one actually. Anything exploding yeah. head, exploding eyeballs, you know, something, but you know, cuz you have this build up of the electrocution and her mm. head and you see like the blood vessels in her head and stuff and it just yeah, you don't really get the uh, the payoff unfortunately. Yeah, there's not a final payoff. I, the, I mean, it, it was masterful in Carpenter's usage to you know, let people know that there was the electroshock therapy on hand in the ward to begin masterful. with. It was. It was yeah. masterful foreshadowing. Right. And then to call back. <laughs> yeah. To call back throughout the film like, oh, this is a dangerous thing. You know, even though in real life it actually isn't that dangerous and is still used. That but, is honestly the most effective scene maybe of the whole movie for me, which was when um, when she gets the electroshock therapy the first time. Mm-hmm. Because that's just, it's just a terrifying, like being completely, you know, not in control of yourself and being in a scenario where you don't know what's happening and then getting this like torturous, you know, uh, therapy happening to you, you know, kind of out of the blue and stuff like is a pretty scary proposition. Like that was probably the most effective scene to me. Mm-hmm. honestly yeah. yeah it was pretty good um and and again like it's something that you don't see a lot in ghosts of mars or village of the damned there's a lot of camera movement in this film the the i would i would agree i would say that was one of the big takeaways i said was you know it's it's definitely well shot i thought the mm-hmm. cinematography mm-hmm. was was certainly the best of the three films in this one mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's certain things that this one had that are just naturally because of like the progression. Like I felt like even just the acting was better, you know, but I think it was more so crediting that to it being like newer than all three of them too. Yeah. You know, I think people oh, yeah, just yeah, naturally sure. got challenged to be better and all those things. Yeah. I mean like Ghost of Mars is like, it's it, again, there's no reason to bash that film that much, but it just kind of feels like, like Carpenter had given up. And so, like, he made no attempt to shoot anything other than just flat shots 
of just like flat widescreen shots like all the time whereas like village of the damned you see some like odd camera movements and he also employs the fisheye a lot because it's the 90s you know, there's a lot of fisheye lens in oh, that yeah, movie. Yeah. It's a fucking Busta Rhymes uh, mu- music yeah. video half the time. <laughs> yeah. And then in this one, like you're saying, Meg, like you know, Carpenter does adapt, you know, to the time. Mm-hmm. And the, like the cinematography, it does, at times it's darker and grittier. And other times it does have like, you know, it, he has more movement about him. And he shoots like closer frames. But also mm-hmm. there are there are some things of the time that aren't great either <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, a couple of things like the fucking horrific cgi yeah. and also the, yeah it alice happens. alice's look is so inconsistent like sometimes she looks genuinely cool and like well one of the scenes where she pops up and and uh i think it's when zoe dies it's when she slot, pops up and, and and cuts her throat was that zoe emily, emily. No, it was emily oh that yeah. was emily the, um, yeah that that one it that's probably the best it looks yeah it looks really cool and like her eyes are kind of buggy and it's like mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty effective but then mm-hmm. there's other times where she just looks like you know kind of a fuzzy you know scarecrow mask from batman begins almost yeah. like it's it's mm-hmm. in the in the yeah. shower it looks terrible it's mm-hmm. fucking bad yeah yeah it's real yeah. bad <laughs> yeah i'll concede it looks terrible in the shower <laughs> yeah it looks out of place and like because they don't do they there isn't a lot of work put into trying to hide what she looks like mm-hmm. so there's not she it's hardly she's hardly ever like hiding in the shadows or or anything yeah she just like, kind of pops mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. yeah when she appears she appears and like you see it all the way Honestly, her hands are the worst part. Like when they have the scenes, like when she like kind of pulls when up. she's trying yeah. to yeah when she's doing something and like you're not seeing her face but you're seeing her hands. Whether it be like putting the electroshock thing on again, their names are escaping me. But you know, on the on the the one uh, Sarah. patient, Sarah on the one patient or whatever, her hands and they're trying to do this kind of almost like there's bugs under her skin kind of mm-hmm. movement mm-hmm. and it just looks so PlayStation 2 like it just yeah. it just looks like <laughs> shit yeah it doesn't it doesn't look great they should have just went with like more practical like goopiness yeah just fucking like do it. practical hands that's easy to do yeah yeah well i mean the hands were practical but it's like when they did that overlay of the like under skin worms yeah that was bad they yeah, should have yeah. just like added more goop to like just put like weird fucking bandages or whatever on her hands. Even if or honestly, even if it would have been an old school shitty like bladder effect, <laughs> that probably mm-hmm. would have been more effective than the yeah, the weird yeah. CGI bugs or worms under the skin or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. It, that, that. Yeah. Some of it doesn't work. Some of it is effective. Mm-hmm. So it kind of kind of goes back and forth. Eh. But uh, on the escape, uh, Zoe and uh, and Kristen. Uh, they don't make it all the way out of the hospital. They get pretty close, but unfortunately, you know, she doesn't plan her route very well. And she waits for an elevator rather than going downstairs. An elevator yeah. that for sure will have people in it. Yeah. <laughs> I do like in this scene where she runs past one of the orderlies and he's like, hey, get back here. And she just slaps him in the dick with a flashlight. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not I, it's not a nut shot, but she hits him in like the stomach, but it's just such a they're just running back in the, the or one of the orderlies. He's not the main orderly that has been come to like, you know, that we've come to know a little bit. It's just a random guy in a white jumpsuit. He yeah. steps out from under a he steps out in a doorway and goes, hey, get back here. And she just kind of like 
smacks him not hard just kind of smacks him in the stomach with a flashlight and he's just like, like and i just love that scene because i just like to imagine that she's she nut tapped him with the flashlight as he right. came out the door and they just, that's the take that's the take they kept because it yeah. was the most real reaction yeah <laughs> yeah i that at this point she gets this says uh kristen is sedated and then put into a straitjacket and she has to make another daring escape, which she does with an amazing, you know, Houdini-like straitjacket escape. Sure. That nobody could expect, because again, she's a magician. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, her and Zoe go on the run again, and they find themselves in the basement. At what point they try to escape via dumbwaiter back up, and she sends Zoe on her way, and Zoe is taken, disappears, and... It, Kristen has to investigate this. She it leads her to the office of the doctor where this is where, hey, a turn and then another turn happens. You get the turn. You think, oh, maybe the doctor was evil the entire time because he, he didn't seem evil up to this point. He just kind of seemed dismissive, but maybe mm-hmm. he was evil. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had planned this out the entire time, knowing that there was a ghost and just was letting people die. But oh no, the second turn is that you find out. You don't out. even buy what you're saying. That's what I love about this. <laughs> no, I totally do. <laughs> the second turn is that really everybody, you know, this is a big reveal. Everybody who's on the ward was actually the multiple personalities of Alice. And dun, they're dun, using, dun. yeah, they're using radical yeah. therapy to, uh, to re-merge all of her personalities into one. And that Alice really isn't a ghost. Alice is the original mind absorbing everybody back into her to be whole again. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it, yep. And they have a nice, it's kind of a nice happy ending. I like it. You yeah, know, and the, then her parents who you knew, or, so that was the giveaway for me earlier in the movie when the parents were looking out the window that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, some or all these characters don't exist mm-hmm. um, is when they were like uh, looking down and they were like, who's that? And they're like, those are the sad people or whatever. Remember like earlier mm-hmm. when they're in the courtyard yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're looking out yeah, the window, yeah. then I was kind of like, all right, are they doing, are they doing that? Some of these characters are in her mind. Um, but, yeah, just yeah. like little... Martin Scorsese ripped off in the movie Shutter Island. <laughs> right, exactly. Martin Scorsese was incredibly influenced by John Carpenter's The Ward. I heard that. I, I have heard that. I've I've read that in in interviews with him. And when Marty mm-hmm. and I call him Marty, when Marty and I get together and and uh, you know for coffee, he he has brought that up before a couple of times. And Leo, when him and I go and get beers, he yeah. told he told me yeah. about how blown away he was by The Ward and the fact that. You know, they could all represent so many different personalities. I but think I'll, I am have it putting also in my in resignation right now, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this like sure. so. This scene with the re- with the reveal when she holds the glass with to the doctor's neck, mm-hmm. she couldn't be less intimidating. <laughs> like, n- like she has no physicality. She has no like real sense of desperation. Um, I I hate to pile on, but she's just fucking bad. Like she's, 
she genuinely is. She, this movie could have been fine, but she's I, bad. I don't mm-hmm. think she was trying to be that threatening, though. Like well, she's mean, she, just trying to get answers. Mm, but she's thing, not trying to threaten his life. She sh- <laughs> don't talk to me like I, I'm a child, yeah. Steve. <laughs> I just watched her hit someone he in the stomach. Think, what I can only describe is a shit-eating grin on his face because <laughs> he knows this is true. She is. Uh, she's a bad actor as well. She's Kirstie yeah. Alley level bad. Um, so like. Everyone, with the exception of of uh, of the doctor, which we talked about, he's a pretty good character actor. He's good in a mm-hmm. lot of things. Hurst, Hirsch is his last name. What, you mentioned Harris, Jared Harris. Harris. Jared Harris. That's yeah. right. Jared Harris is fine. Mm-hmm. He did not want to be here, and <laughs> the other characters, like the, the the dialogue between all of the 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 multiple personalities within the you know one flew over the cuckoo's nest type of environment there they were all with the exception maybe of i i could appreciate that meryl streep's daughter was taking some swings at least Mm -hmm. but the rest of them were fucking bad well and like sarah wasn't that bad sarah um sarah wasn't terrible i guess yeah i i feel i feel like iris and sarah the the problem i would concede with them is that you don't get a sense of like what their real personality issue is mm-hmm. the thing is like you had it it's i guess it's i don't know if it's unpc or what but like when you're depicting people on a psych ward mm-hmm. you have to like you feel the nece- the need to make their personalities bigger and more dangerous than you would think yeah like think think about Brad Pitt in 12 monkeys yeah and I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do the, the thing I've been doing but, <laughs> yeah. but you, you think about Brad Pitt in 12 monkeys mm-hmm. he's a fucking nutcase yeah, to yeah. use you know the the medical parlance yeah yeah <laughs> I think um, another talking to the characters themselves is that and I was just thinking about this that like you there isn't a lot of depth to them and I think maybe you guys are kind of slightly saying that without saying that but at, at I think that kind of aids in you understanding what's actually going on throughout the whole thing because they don't actually have each of their individual personalities, but they're because mm-hmm. they're part of the overall personality of Alice. Right. But, but I mean, you, you get the sense from Zoe, like she's kind of the arrested development part of Alice. Like she's still a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah no, no, I'm not saying that, yeah. but I mean, like as far as like, I don't think there's a lot of things that are very exciting or interesting about all of them. Mm-hmm. They were very distinct in trying to showcase each one is different. Right. But there, you still don't know much about anything. So you also don't even care what happens to them in ways. Yeah. Yeah. They're just killer fodder, basically. They're ghost right. fodder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Iris is sort of an artist. And, like, but Sarah is not very, like, her character isn't very strong. And then uh, Mamie Gummer, like, her performance as Emily, it, it's interesting and it's fun at times. Mm-hmm. Like, she does take some big swings and, like, that, that whole, like, when she paints on the smiley face yeah for group therapy like she, she's you know trying to put on a, a happy air but yeah, yeah she mm-hmm. is definitely the most stereotypical of like a mentally ill person mm-hmm. in a psych ward type environment mm-hmm. so like i i get that but um so yeah you could find that yeah realistic or and, unrealistic you do it depending on how you look at it but at least it was like a slightly interesting performance Right, mm-hmm. and even in, even in the end, like they, uh, 
part of Kristen's discovery is she has she reads the doctor's notes and the doctor has them all listed like the different personalities mm-hmm. he has them listed as like how they fit into Alice's whole personality mm-hmm. so Emily is listed as the id which is you know old freudian yeah. like psychology right. and then like he has Iris as the artist Kristen is the survivor and then like the other ones are I don't know. I don't remember them offhand, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So you can see how they're not like Meg is saying; they're not fully formed people, so they're not fully formed characters mm-hmm. because they all fit into one person. Yeah, but I still and I still feel like they they could have. I don't know what they could have done, but I feel like with this whole overall situation, it was easy. It's easy to tell like what the ending is going to be because you're talking about we're already in like this psych ward situation so we're talking about mental illness of sorts so mm-hmm. what could we possibly be talking about in this horror situation and that's where I feel like this movie had like its weakness was in that like the predictability I feel like the only thing that stood out is like it had some good jumps you know like but the way they did things but there's a lot of predictability to it Mm-hmm. So, so questions um were the staff of the ward the doctor and the orderlies and the nurse and all this stuff were they writing each of her personalities names on the doors or was that something she was imagining or because hmm. why would they have known to cross out tammy hmm and it, and it might have been so i mean it might have been something that she did herself yeah maybe but mm-hmm. then but then I think they, they also had to play know. Along, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get it playing to along. play along, but why, how would they know Tammy is gone? I think maybe if she doesn't, because the whole thing of like, while the doctor's trying to get all these personalities to regress and go back into Alice, I think if Tammy just doesn't pop up anymore, or mm-hmm. if one of the other. Because you, you don't see it because Tammy's already dead by the time Kristen gets in there. Mm-hmm. But maybe one of the other personalities had said Tammy was dead. Right. Perhaps. In, like, in therapy. Or she's yeah. gone, you know, because that, that's mm-hmm. kind of like been the thing where they start asking question, where is this person? Right. They say it they over s- and over and over again. So that could be the one tell for the doctors. Like, they oh. could. I, I yeah, could, if they're, I if they're asking, where is Iris? You know, yeah. then they know I, maybe Iris is gone at that point. I can I can accept that. Why is why do they have an entire wing of the hospital designated to one patient? Like I'm pretty sure that's not how hospitals work. Again, nope. I'm picking away. I'm a, picking. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to keep defending this dude because I just like I feel like the only thing missing is that he was so adamant on this was such an experimental thing that he was working on that he could probably have justified like having a dedicated wing so he could do his experiment and have money put towards it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's the only yeah. thing reason. So yeah. Yeah, and also again, if he's if you're dealing with a if the way it's working is that she uh, presents in different personalities, then give all those personalities a room. Then she's probably sleeping in those rooms in different days. Could mm-hmm. be, could be. If, I'm just thinking of the logistics of 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 the hospital, and I'm like, I know, I, I if, know what you're if, saying. If she but, is, mm-hmm. if she is a also like, if she is a proven violent um, uh, uh, patient. Uh, and you have one patient on the entire ward with at least three people designated specifically to them. How you letting her escape? Like you, you know what I mean? Like it's not like you're getting lost in the mix of multiple patients. I don't know. It's just it, so. So I guess what I'm ultimately getting to here is like it is the the, the big reveal. The whole movie hinges on the big reveal. 
right? The movie doesn't make um, like a goddamn lick of sense, um, and and the characters aren't developed, and all these types of things, like all these these shortcomings of the movie. And there's a lot of movies like this. Like it's not this isn't just one of them. There, this isn't the one of them. There's tons of them that are like this, where it's like there's all these plot holes. There's all these. There's all these. Um, you know, missteps. There's pad character development. There's all these negative things that all get explained most for the most part by the twist ending. Mm-hmm. Are you supposed to go back and feel better about all the 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 movie was bad up till this point and then you're like oh twist ending but now all that stuff that you didn't enjoy about this movie like kind of makes a little bit more sense and it's like damage is done <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like the movie sucked you can't go back and retroactively mm-hmm. make the movie not suck with a reveal you know what i mean and right. i feel like when you have a movie that hinges so heavily on a big twist reveal like this like i feel like some of the m night Shyamalan movies kind of kind of like fall in it's like he does a better job in in some instances like in the village and stuff like that but uh, or the town, the village the town what's it called the village right village, village. um like some of those ones it's like there's a big you're kind of upset that so much of the movie hinged on the the reveal, but at least mm-hmm. like it was f- on the way there was fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is like the, the it, it hinges on this yeah. big reveal, but it's like we we've watched an hour and twenty five minutes of a kind of shitty movie to get to a reveal that mm-hmm. isn't going to undo the hour and twenty five minutes of shittiness. Sure, but you know what? I think overall the ending. I, I like the way the ending is actually like strangely uplifting. Yeah, it wasn't and, a bad ending. The the yeah. the ending was a was to me was better than the rest of the movie. Right. But you know, I watched an hour and twenty five minutes to watch ten minutes of okay. It's yeah. like with Ghost of Mars when you watched like an hour and whatever of shit. And then you finished with turbo shit. You know what I mean? It's like you go in the opposite direction. So, oh, the only thing I was going to add is that I almost—I'll be the wild card here and say like I didn't love the ending in that because it almost was just like we have all these things that keep happening and then it's just super resolved. And maybe it's just a personal preference of mine that I feel like a better at a situation because I, I feel like that's not always how that type of stuff works. Like oh, mm-hmm. like you know, especially when you have multiple personalities. But so I feel like I would have probably appreciated more if there was just somehow this like twist where she like one of her personalities came out. Oh, but Meg, you're completely forgetting the complete end of the film, are you? Wait, am I forgetting? You're this? absolutely forgetting. So okay, Wait. so the end of the film is that the the personalities are resolved and Alice gets her life back, and you you find what I particularly like is that even though you had all those tropes early on that the doctor might be evil or is indifferent. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah, because they, they yeah. open the fucking thing and then she jumps out. Okay. Now, I remember this now. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I like Still. an end on a jump scare. Nah. I was okay with that. <sighs> um, jump scare. Uh, it, it was a fine jump scare, but like, even it's then. It's the scariest of scares. Because it's <laughs> Amber Heard. That's what this Josh movie, is, I feel like, totally like weighed on is the jump stairs. If she would have been done yeah. up or something, but it was just her. It wasn't like had, Alice, you had, a you cool had, jumping out. It was just Amber Heard too, jumping out. But that's the, the thing. You, had, you, you know, like... Right. But you, you had all those tropes that the, the, yeah. the doctors were possibly evil. But no, it comes... You know, real wholehearted, you know, everybody gets to survive, you know, everybody's happy, nobody actually died. But then 
Amber Heard. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the movie was fucking dumb. The reveal <laughs> and the jump scare like make it slight, slightly less dumb. So we're supposed to be good with that. Like, look, I understand. Man. Look, I understand how like none of us are Johnny Depp. But do you know how many times Amber Heard jumped out of a medicine cabinet at Johnny Depp? Yeah, no fear. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is just like, oh, she, she's, she's bad. Um, nothing happened like in this backtrack. movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't want to backtrack on that too because I, I like, as soon as you started saying that, I like remembered that moment. But I feel like something more subtle where this movie depended on simply like jump scares to be like scary. You know, it, I think it depended on it pretty heavily. Versus there was, like, I, it, it could have been more subtle the, to be like, that hit deeper. I don't know. It started out with a dark and stormy night scene. And I was like, mm-hmm. cool, we got some cool spooky atmosphere. I'm going to be on board with this. They never really, I mean, you got more spooky atmosphere. And you had like during the, uh, you know, the attempted escape where she's got the knife to what you find out to be her own throat. Um that is also a dark and stormy night, but at that point, you're like, "All right, you played that chord. Let let's go on to something else." Yeah. It just, I, I think, I think the, uh, I think the scene where there's a blackout because there is a storm blackout on the ward at one point, mm-hmm. and like you get flashes of something. I think that scene's pretty effective as far as like you know being atmospheric, but like not necessarily leaning on jump scares because you don't. Is that see the one anything. when the when the electricity goes out because of Sarah being electrocuted or whatever? Um, no. Or is that a second blackout? No, that's a that. No, there's just like an earlier blackout because okay. like they're, right. yeah, because they're. It's I think it's before like any of them are killed because oh, they're I just on vaguely the, remember that, but because it's like a it's it's more of a bonding scene because like Zoe is like you know afraid of the dark and mm-hmm. like latches on to Kristen at that oh, point. Oh yes, yes, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, boy, a real stinker again. Um, so it was like one of these things. It's like I knew my movie was shit, um, and I liked it just slightly more than I remembered, but not still didn't like it at all. Uh, Meg's movie I remembered kind of liking, but then uh, ended up not liking nearly as much as I remembered. <laughs> And then never saw Steve's movie, so I was excited to watch it. And boy, it was a big pile of shit. So really, the the roulette wheel did us dirty this time yeah. around. I, I I appreciate that it did us all dirty, though. Yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't Same. just it wasn't just the word the Ghost of Mars versus Halloween. Yeah, that would have mm-hmm. fucking blown. No, yeah. that would have been the worst. So this actually it did it did play out to our advantage in that way. But I am uh yeah. So so how do you want to do this, Steve? As far as the uh, the voting. Um, well, I, I guess, I mean, you know, the same way we got Ghost of Mars out of the way as just ceremony, we can get Megan I's votes out of the way as ceremony. Okay. You know, Meg, Meg already said, I believe, that she, you know, loves her film. So, you know, Meg, if you would like to, <laughs> ca- if you would like to cast your vote. Um, I am voting for my movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm also voting for my movie. I, the Village of the Damned is... It was fucking boring, hey, and it looks like hey, a TV movie. I didn't attack you one last time, okay, bud? <laughs> you could have. <laughs> I know. If you, if you want saying, to, go ahead. I don't care. Just, this, I, this, we talked about these movies enough. Now, I just want to know what Brian has to say. This okay, is the important well, part. All right. Well, so, I, wait, so, so Steve I'm drawing gonna... it out. <laughs> I'm a showman, and I want to give the audience a little bit of... 
you know, like, showmanship. A showman. Yeah. Showman's got a show. And I am just an anxious human being, and I just need to know yeah. if I'm the winner. No. <laughs> All right. So, so what is Steve? What is your second pick? Uh, my second pick, obviously, would be Village of the Damned. So. Okay. Yeah. Meg, what is your second pick? It would be his film. Okay. Um, I I was hoping one of you would be arrogant enough to vote for my movie for your second pick, and then I could <laughs> surprise everyone by voting for my own. Um, no. wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> oh my god! That is that would have been. Mm. Um, I mean, listen. Wow, I was gonna. Do that would have been a Ric Flair move. <laughs> yeah, that would have been brilliant. I was gonna go dirtiest player in the game. I mm-hmm. really listen, but I I don't know that I could have done that in all good conscience because Ghost of Mars is absolute poop. <laughs> there would. There would, would have been, been an uprising, great. but yeah. Wouldn't would have been a, that have been great? Um, would have been so, a great heel move. <laughs> yeah, totally mm-hmm. heel turn. I would have definitely done it. Um, <laughs> so so he, he, here's kind of where I'm at. Um, <sighs> Village of the Damned, like I said, I did not like it as much as I remembered. But at least it has some iconic imagery um, in the the images of the kids. There's some creepy scenes. Um, the ward was definitely a way better shot movie. Like it was a better constructed movie in, I would say almost every way. Um, but it was so painfully forgettable, uh, that it, it really is, uh, uh they both had the mostly cons, but had some pros and like, I'm trying to balance out, uh, which one I think is, is better. I think if there was a movie where it's like, which one, this is going to be like my ultimate like litmus test is if you had to and you had to watch one or the other again, which one would you watch again? I would probably have to watch Village of the Damned again. Um, I know this. (laughs) Meg is already flexing. She's already spinning around in her chair. I don't think I could tolerate the ward again. <laughs> but what about all the hidden, um, you know, like nods yeah. to, you know, like what the reveal is? Like, there's plenty of clues hidden within to discover. You're, I guarantee think. you're right, but I couldn't care a fucking less. <laughs> and I think he, Steve's shaking his head no as well because he, yeah, it was, it was just, it was such a forgettable movie. And I think if they would have put in some more scares, some more better imagery of. Alice like it could have but it just wasn't there wasn't enough there I remember looking at my at my phone like 48 minutes in and I'm like nothing has happened uh in this movie so it was uh it was a fucking slog um and the performances were were just bad um and at least honestly Mark Hamill might have saved uh Village (laughs) of the Damned I don't know but I I yeah, I can't. I I can't really be mad or fault or mm-hmm. be angry about this. Yeah. Just because, uh, Village of the Damned, even though as fucking boring as it is, mm-hmm. it does have explosions. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I it the movie went not as quicker. many as Ghost of Mars. Yeah. Like yeah. I watched. Yeah. I watched both Ghost of Mars, frankly, and uh, and Village of the Damned. I watched them. I was like, okay, these are like moving along pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Ward was a slog for for mm. me and it was only an hour and an hour and 35 yeah, minutes long yeah. uh but it boy it felt like it was a couple hours long um mm. but in any case uh what that means is meg has taken home for the second time you know first, what first time since the first showdown episode meg has taken <laughs> home the strap 
I need this. I need it. I need it. I need to carry it around every single day with me, and I'm going yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah. Next week, we will hopefully uh, get the chance to, to record in person. Meg will will get her strap. Now, here's the question, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, because if the answer is no, that's fine, because I did the very same thing. But do you have a, a punishment movie in line for us? Or are you still milling that one around in your brain? Uh, Were you prepared to win today? Yeah. (laughs) No, but uh, you know what? I think what I do choose might surprise you guys. All right. We'll go with that. That's what I'm going (laughs) to respond with. Very interesting. (laughs) Joe Dirt, yeah. (laughs) Joe Dirt Day. Yeah. Let's do this. So, um, well... We we are wrapping up the old uh, October showdown. John Carpenter, what we should have actually referred to as John Carpenter's three worst movies showdown, um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and uh, and and at least it was uh, at least like like I said, XD said it would have been worse if it was like the Ward, you know, Ghosts of Mars, and then somebody got the thing because then it's like you know what's yeah. going to happen and right. what why so, why would you listen to this <laughs> right, right. so it was uh, it was a lot of fun discussing these these three uh, genuinely uh, pretty fucking dumb movies um, if you're a fan <laughs> of any of these flicks like I said when I posted about Ghost of Mars there were plenty of people who were standing Ghost of Mars I, I'm sure that'll be the case with uh, with um, uh, Village of the Damned I guarantee yeah. there's a bunch of people who dig Village of the Damned I, I want to watch it again I want to watch it again after like us talking about it again because like I said after watching it the verse I'm like I don't hate this I just don't yeah. dislike it you know yeah, yeah I, I'm interested to see and maybe we'll put out a poll this this week too like once the episode's out a little bit like hey did we get it right kind of thing what's your favorite uh, mm-hmm. of those three movies because I would be I would be surprised and I gotta feel probably just not nearly as many people have seen the ward because it's, right. it's the most it's the newest one mm-hmm. and it really just was not released to very much fanfare it's not streaming anywhere besides it's hard to you, find yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i literally had to pay at like four bucks on youtube to watch it i think mm-hmm. so you know it's not like it's i imagine way way fewer people have actually seen it but mm-hmm. i was a little surprised because i feel like that was around the time when i was really starting to get into horror and i was watching stuff that was like a little bit newer at that yeah. time so i was a little surprised that it hadn't come across my plate yet this for sure is a red box film yeah mm. like it's it's a, i don't think it hit theaters but it's one of those things that like it's a new release and, and yeah like i've never heard mm-hmm. of it but I yeah. remember when it came out, um, it came out to really, you know, it was really poorly reviewed and mm-hmm. it just like people did not like it. I know John Carpenter, I don't think is like a huge fan of it. I don't want to, I don't mm-hmm. you know, want to speak for a bit. Like, I feel like he, he, he wasn't perf- particularly thrilled about the whole thing. So it was kind of one of those ones where I was just like, oh yeah, this is going to be another ghost of Mars level flop. So I just never even, mm-hmm. I just never mm-hmm. even saw it when it came out. So, yeah. um, but uh, so next week, next week's mini. So we are slapping into the Halloween spooky season here. We are in the main event of October and we've got some super fun, spooky ass shit that we're going to be uh, doing for you uh, throughout the remainder of the October. This is only kicking off the festivities that are October. So. Yeah, go ahead and follow us on the Instagram if you want. Like I said, at Halloween is forever, at Hallow Forever on on Twitter, Halloween is forever 
uh, on Facebook, uh, Halloween's Forever Pod on Gmail, and at Halloween is Forever Pod on the TikToks. And, and, and like I said, follow Meg because we're going to be doing a little trek through classic horror for the entire mm-hmm. month, which should be super, super fun. So, um, and we got some fun little surprises and cool things happening throughout the, the balance of the month here as well. And I uh, hope you're all feeling real spooky ooky out there. Anything else? Uh, don't Before forget to leave a five-star review yeah, somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you could do that, we got a lot of folks uh, tuning into the podcast for the first time. And if you haven't already, if you can, do the like, the subscribe, the follows. That's all well, wonderful. And if your podcatcher, like on Apple uh, Podcasts, has an opportunity for you to give a five-star review and write a little review on there, it uh, it gets our podcast into more spooky-ooky ears. So that is always very much welcome. So uh, if there's nothing else, uh, for the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Dr. Superman. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>